Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, two-time defending ATV motocross national champion, Cody Jensen. Am I on air? What's up, everybody? We're back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to episode 56 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, our Sunset Ridge Review Pod, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase at shop.csttires.com. We have a jam-packed episode for you tonight. Casey Greek will join us once again to help break down all the action from Sunset Ridge. Event winner Chad Weenan will stop by to chat about another dominant performance at his home race. I think this may be our best conversation ever with the seven-time champ. And we'll finish the episode with Derek Gitter, who's the man behind Butter 2, his latest ATV-centric film, which debuted yesterday. So we'll talk all things Butter 2 coming up later in the episode. Really looking forward to that. Let's quickly thank our sponsors so we can dive right into another great episode. Thanks to CST Tires. Go to shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Their clippers rock, their nose hair trimmer is amazing, and they have brand new industry-leading products that just hit the market as well. Full disclosure, the new Lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped is my secret to keeping a perfect beard. Their new trimmer is so nice that I've only been using it on my facial hair, but that's just between you and me. So check out Manscaped. I wish I would have sooner. Get 20% off with free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. Support all these great companies that support us and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. By accessing Rocky Mountain from our specific link, we get a percentage of that on the backside, and we both know you need parts and gear, so this is an easy way to help support us. No matter what off-road gear or parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered, so before you buy, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out in a major way. We can't thank you enough for that. Now, the 30-second board is up, it's sideways, and the gate is down. Time to dig deep. Let's go. All right, guys, back again to help break down all the action, this time from Sunset Ridge. He's a national championship winning mechanic, industry insider, and fan favorite from Impact Solutions. Say hello to Mr. Casey Greek. What's up, Casey? Long time no see. Hey, Cody. Thanks for having me back on here. Um, Just getting back and getting kind of getting the bearings back around, and we're going to get this thing done early this week so we can hopefully get it out early. So, thanks. Yeah, so I... Sometimes I don't know um, if I'm asking you to do this, you know, too often or too much or whatever, but you hit me up already. You, you talked to me about it already at the races, asked if we were doing it. So I figured it was fair game. Um, so excited to talk to you again about uh, an awesome weekend of racing. We're talking to Casey Greek here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. And Casey is presented by Gripped Gloves gripped gloves with rad colors and designs designed by racers for racers and reasonably priced check them out today at grippedgloves.com and use discount code digging deep 10 to save at checkout so casey a bunch of positives to take away from another incredible event 
Sunset Ridge is one of the best facilities on the circuit without question. But as always, let's start things off with the Impact Solutions Impact moment where we highlight something good and positive happening in ATV motocross. And Casey, I'll give you the floor right away. What is your impact moment this week? Yeah, for me, it's something that's kind of been actually going on for quite a while now, I'd say probably a month, month and a half almost, uh, is the the whole transition to getting Brandon Hogue onto a YFZ and then like kind of how the industry kind of rallied and, and no one ever told Brandon until the Monday before Sunset Ridge. So he didn't even know until he actually got to see the bike in full completion to get to go and ride the bike, which I think was awesome. And, you know, Tim Detlin and TDR, you know, those whole, all those guys busted their butts to make this thing happen. You know, um, there's a couple other people that are involved that were a big part of it. And so it comes down to, you know, seeing what Tim's willing to do for the sport is, you know, it's not just Brandon, it's what he does for Aaron Salinas, you know, Brandon, obviously, you know, um, we hunt, you know, there's so many guys that are just there under his tent. And then I see guys that come in all the time and he helps them out with no questions asked, just jumps right in and does it. So, you know, it's just that program that you see happening there. You know, Logan's obviously under his tent now too. And it's just remarkable to see that they're still good people. And I think it's important that the world knows, you know, or let's call it the ATV motocross or ATV industry and world knows like what quality people are still involved in this sport. Absolutely. Uh, I can, you know, I can cover that, talk about that. Uh, even personally this last weekend, having some problems with one of my machines on Friday. And Tim is the guy that my dad said, Hey, just, you know, hit up Tim, see if he's got time to take a look at this thing for me. And uh, he did. I mean, he had me bring it over right away, got to it right away, wanted to help with everything that he could. So um, he is one of those guys that just wants to help the industry, wants to help everybody at the racetrack, which is awesome to see. And then when you talk about everything that was going on with Brandon and we'll get into this, you know, new machine and all that stuff, but so many people in general, like you kind of said already, had to come together to pull that off. And that's, that's pretty special because uh, it's not just a one man band. It's not just a, a small group. When you're talking about all these parts, all these affiliates, all these sponsors, all this, you know, this support system, this giant support system has to come together. Um, that's pretty special too. It's a, it's a big family. It's a big community. We talk about it every week, I feel like, but it's true. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's where I'm at with this, with the impact solutions moment, like the impact moment is, we need to emphasize the positives that we see week in and week out. And, you know, yeah, do we see some negatives here and there for sure. But primarily what I see is like the community rallying around each other. And, you know, Kobe Van Fossen got hurt and I seen a lot of guys up there, you know, checking on him. And, you know, I went over and talked to his dad and, you know, double checked on him, make sure he was okay. Pretty scary wreck. I actually watched the entire thing go down. Um, Matt Greenwald got hurt and, you know, the amount of people I've seen up there by the ambulance checking in on him, that's the positive, you know, the negative is these guys got hurt. That sucks, mm -hmm. but it's part of the risk that we all know. And we all assume when we put our, you know, strap our legs over one of these machines is it, it, it could go south. So, mm -hmm. you know, the positives are, are definitely really good. Absolutely. The. And I'll say it. I mean, I don't know. I can't even put my finger on exactly what it was, but 
Sunset Ridge might've been the most fun I've had at a race in the longest time. And there was stuff that we had to overcome. Like I said, we had some problems with some bikes on a personal level, but it just seems like, man, the races are so good right now. The classes are stacked. The numbers are good. The racing is good. I just feel like, I don't know. I, it's not the company line. I don't want to say like, um, I, I, nobody's paying me to say this or anything like that, but it, I just feel like the races are, are, I don't know, as, as, as good as they've been in the longest time. That's truly how I feel. Yeah. I mean, the nation's strong right now. And, you know, Rodney always calls it, they do be racing nation and stuff. And that's something that we catch on to. And we've heard for, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, as long as Rodney has been around us. So um, it's very strong. And I think that's, you know, such a blessing, you know, um, I think the parish has kind of took a step back for a little bit right now, just kind of, I don't want to say regrouping, but they've had really a wet, wet spring and um, early summer down there. So, you know, Christopher's not getting to ride as much as he should be and stuff like that. So they've kind of stepped back. So that's definitely, you know, kind of a bummer. It's definitely like having them there, you know, Jonathan and Deborah, Marley and Fur. So that's unfortunate, but I know JP and, and how he is, like, he'll be back. ATV racing's in his blood, you know? Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's strong right now. Things are going in the right direction. Um, riders are excelling. I mean, I got a, a list of a, a few guys and, and girls that I paid attention to, or, you know, I always pay attention to, but mm -hmm. just things that, like, really impressed me through the weekends. I'm definitely seeing uh... – definitely seeing a trend with the the impact moment this togetherness the community all the great people that are supporting the sport and continuing to um you know put everything that they can into it so i don't want to totally stop on the impact moment well this will kind of bleed over into where we're going next with this um but i do want to move into the racing a little bit casey sunset ridge is always a a favorite stop of so many riders but i would go even farther to say that this sunset ridge layout might have been the best i can remember yeah, I think it was really good. Um, the track got, you know, considerably rough. It's the roughest track I think we've had this season so far. Um, but it wasn't, there was something different about it. A lot of, you know, a lot of the corners got real hard packed. Um, it didn't get as rough as it has in the past. Uh, it was relatively fast, but I, everyone said it had a good flow to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, track-wise, you know, the facility always, you know, the pistol crew, you know, the whole Sunset crew, they do a fantastic job. And, you know, it just cracks me up. I see Bob out there in the water truck, and he's like, I'm just doing what they tell me to do, you know, and <laughs> his realistically. Place. Yeah, it's his <laughs> it's his program. And um, he really generally enjoys the races. And I love that about Bob and, and the whole family there. It, it's in, It's really cool. And that place is amazing. Yep. And the cool thing about the pistol family is, you know, they have Loretta's qualifiers, they have all these big events. And at the end of the, and at the end of the day, they truly love ATV racing. Like they love being a part of the ATV racing community, which is awesome. They're always a facility. I mean, that's, it's, it's our closest national. Um, they do their best all year long to accommodate the quads. It's not just this one weekend, which is something that uh, you love to see from these facilities that are so beautiful. They're not just bringing ATVs in for a national, they're supporting and, and promoting ATV racing all year long. 
yeah and like you know they were gonna have a ride day um not the week of but the week before i believe and i think it got rained out which it is did. you know unfortunate but i know a lot of guys were really excited to get to go up there and ride and mm -hmm. i can remember years ago when i was working for lane baird you know every time they would do that ride day we would always make sure we were there yep um you know one it's a good way to be on the track that you're getting ready to race on and two supporting the community that's supporting us and giving us places to ride Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the the couple couple whoop sections, nice and rough, like always, plenty of passing opportunities, like you said, overall great flow. I liked how there was a solid base there, probably more than what we can remember in recent years, which kind of reminded me of like, you know, when the series first started going to Walnut all those years ago, I remember like yeah. 06 and kind of having a couple corners that got blue grooved. It still got rough. There was, you know, lines, uh, corners that had, you know, two, three, four lines in them. I can, you know, picture a few of them right now specifically. Um, it was kind of a blast from the past Walnut. And I thought that was, was really, really cool i really really like that it took me back to 15 years ago yeah and then even like the pro section you know we have we don't see a lot of tracks that add in a pro section and you know they, they built do. that yeah. they built it just for us this weekend and it was a pretty cool pro section it was um you know friday night i seen a lot of guys walk on the track and one of the big questions like how are we going to get back to that lane and i'm like you're going to jump across that berm and they're like really i'm like oh yeah watch and that's what it ended up being. And, you know, obviously cheating because last year they kind of did something similar too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, just to see them add a pro section in, you know, like I hope this year at Redbud we get to run the pro section because I think that's always a really cool element with that really gnarly off camber. Yep. Um, you know, and it's enjoyable to have those, those extras on the track for the pro class. And just more excitement for the fans, more passing opportunities, all that stuff together. Um, Walnut, Sunset Ridge never cuts any corners. Those guys are the best. So um, now kind of piggybacking on your impact solutions, impact moment, the excitement of the, the race day started right away in the morning. I know you were a part of this behind the scenes. And then I found out from Tim Detling on Friday, but Brandon Hogue rolls out on a brand new TDR Yamaha YFZ 450R on Saturday morning, creating quite the buzz. Tell our listeners what all went into that decision for those guys. And tell us about the video you showed me of Brandon first finding out about this move that was pretty damn cool yeah i mean you know luckily timmy you know he had such a such a big hand i mean his hand is right on top of this whole deal and he set it up to where brandon had kind of went out and rode on his honda and then come back and the wives he was sitting there and he filmed it as he comes back and it's like it just brings chills all over your body when you watch it just to see the excitement in his face um something that we've been talking about for a long time. Obviously we see the trend of a lot of guys going to YFZs. Um, it's a, it's a phenomenal machine. And Brandon was, you know, just kind of in the situation where he wanted to be on that machine. Uh, and Tim builds an incredible engine for it. You know, Walsh Racecraft, they're, they're bringing hot, hot products for that thing right now. You know, and obviously we have a lot of development and on, on, on my side. So it was a perfect fit for all the components that we use. You know, Tim's been doing engines for Janusa for quite a while and Logan Stanfield and, you know, he's got a bunch of YFZ engines out there. So it just kind of made sense with some of the parts being pretty scarce for the TRX and, and going through those and, you know, trying to get Brandon, you know, the best we can get Brandon. And we all believe in Brandon without a doubt. And we know he can be 
you know, top five, top three guy week in and week out and, you know, contending, contending for podiums. And that's really, you know, another subject we have here today is those guys right now are all just insane on how fast they're going. Absolutely. I think all parties involved, you included, have said that the ceiling is now higher for Brandon on this on this new machine, on the Yamaha. And you have to believe he's going to be more at home on the YFZ450R going forward. So um, that's going to be really interesting to track at these upcoming events because he should just get better and better on that thing. Yeah. And really, I mean, his weekend, like on paper, it's 7-7. And I know Brandon, you know, most of us know Brandon, I think um, even just like the listeners, you know, they've learned how hard Brandon is on himself. So he was really in the dumps after the weekend, but like the first moto, he was in really good position and, you know, had a mistake and then kind of worked his way back into what seemed like it was going to end up being another really good position and being in that top five. And he was working his way through and, you know, end up having another run in and another little mistake set him back you know second moto he was riding right up there in the front with those guys and was in the heat of that battle and just got thrown wrong coming out of the uphill like dragons back I guess we were calling it all weekend Mm -hmm. and when he landed you know and I haven't got to physically talk to him yet we text a little bit yesterday but when he landed he really jammed his wrist up and it just got to the point where it was just salvage and make it through the moto and he ended up getting into you know finishing seventh again but his speed is what I was really looking at. I'm not looking at Brandon to go out right now with only having a couple motos on that bike and go out and then just all of a sudden start winning or being, you know, second, third, you know, consistently right there. It's going to take some time to develop and learn that bike and change his riding style. But just to see where his speed really was that quick is very promising. Of course. So we'll get into some of the stuff that happened in the motos going forward here, but it is a credit to Brandon. That's the same thing that I thought. I know he had a stock Yamaha that he rode there for a little while. I don't think he spent a ton of time on it recently, but credit to him. I mean, he's got what, two days of riding on this thing. He shows up at the races with it, surprises everybody with it. And I mean, he looked pretty much like himself which yeah that that's why i feel like going forward he's gonna grab another gear with that thing because um like you said seven seven he was better than that he's better than what yeah. the, the results showed on paper but uh to have just a seamless uh typical brandon hogue look to those motos on a brand new machine for him that's gonna bode well going forward Yeah, you know, and, you know, between Tim and myself, you know, we really busted our butts all weekend to get him comfortable as fast as we could. I say all weekend to say on Saturday, I mean, you know, we were pulling shocks off and, you know, changing settings and changing ride heights and changing caster, like just doing everything in our powers to give him everything that he wanted. And, you know, he's so appreciative of it. And, you know, that was like his first text to me yesterday was like, hey, I know we didn't get to catch up after the race. I was really bummed, but I just wanted to say, like, I appreciate you going above and beyond and, you know, hustling to try to make sure that I was 100%. So it's going to continue and he's going to continue, you know, this, this ball is going to start running and he's going to, he's going to be a force, you know, and there's so many guys that are doing the same thing right now and continuing to get better. Of course, that, that 
competition in that class is so gnarly right now. I love that kid. He's a kid that I think so many of us are cheering for. And he looked good on the Yamaha right away. He put it in the top five right away in qualifying. Ahead of him was Nick Janusa in fourth, Bryce Ford in third, Chad Wienan in second. And edging him out by just a tenth was Joel Hetrick, who took the top spot heading into the motos in Illinois. Now, Casey, I was picking chad weenan in digging deep atvmx fantasy all the way leading up to this thing and then seeing joel and chad were basically identical in qualifying it further confirmed this pick for me i thought it was a slam dunk because the track um, record for chad there as the track gets rougher chad's advantage becomes greater we know this um how were you and i know you're in joel's camp so i mean maybe this is a little skewed here but how were you feeling after qualifying um, because it was like splitting hairs between those guys. Yeah. I mean, after qualifying, I mean, even, you know, I mean, Joel's had a little bit bigger gap a, a few of the races this year after qualifying, but it still doesn't mean anything. These guys are still racers. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's hard for me to follow the qualifying and try to predict where the moto is going to be. Um, obviously I picked Joel for my tier one pick and fantasy. I actually put in my picks this week <laughs> and, um, but I knew it was going to be a race no matter what, you know, it was just one of those things that I knew Chad was going to be fierce and I knew Joel really wanted to prove a point and beat Chad at a track that everyone has already said, you know, Chad's going to win this weekend. So there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be one of the best races that we've seen all year. And, uh, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, but unfortunately it didn't end up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, it was kind of a stagnant race in a sense right so i was interested to see kind of like you said i was interested to see how the yamaha was going to help joel in those conditions um you know the general consensus based on the comments i was seeing on social media and now seeing the pick trend in atv fantasy but this is in line with what you're saying most people believe joel was just going to continue to be dominant despite how good chad has been over the years at his home track i feel like this was a big weekend i'm sure you know just as much as chad wanted to go out there and dominate he kind of needed to after the you know the the few races now the three consecutive perfect races that Joel had put together um but Joel at the same time I'm sure wanted to show that hey this isn't you know just happening on the hard pack tracks or this isn't this isn't you know happening on the tracks that are dubbed the Joel Hetrick like racetracks this is everywhere that you know I'm going to dominate like this so I feel like for all parties for both of those guys. Um, it was kind of a prove it kind of weekend. That's what it felt like. Oh, for sure. I, I think the tensions were definitely high, you know, from, from both parties coming into that race, because, you know, there's no way Chad wants to come in to what is, you know, classified as his home track and get beat. And Joel knew, you know, it could be a very pivotal weekend for him to beat Chad at his home track. And, you know, obviously that's what he set out for. Um, you know, some con- certain situations out of his hands kind of, I don't want to say, I would say it hampered it because we still don't know what the results were going to be mm-hmm. if Joel didn't, you know, get hurt in like the first lap of the first moto. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the kid's tougher than nails and still rode it out. And, you know, at one point was sort of closing in a little bit on Chad in the first moto, even with what he had going on. And, you know, second moto rode really well. And to even say, like, he rode pro stock on Sunday was incredible because I really didn't think he would. Um, He said he wasn't going to. 
And like in the back of my mind, I was like, he's going to race. Like, I just know how he is. And he, he did. And first moto, you know, he rode really well. Second moto, he rode really good. He just got a really bad start and had an incident with another rider and ended up off the track and just took on them stock machines. It takes a while to get there. So, but try not to get too far off of that. It's just more about, you know, the injury on the first lap. We never really got to see a hundred percent of what I think Joel was willing to do. I think he was willing to push the envelope, you know, really far. And we never got to see that. It was more about trying to learn how to ride with one leg and and survive through the motos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you said, I mean, the, there wasn't a ton of action at the front of these, of these motos. Chad Wienan quickly grabbed the reins on this, on these things. Um, I think you could argue. And again, we know that Joel was dealing with something throughout the race day there, but this was, I mean, about as dominant as we've seen the seven time champ in a long time here. I mean, he led every lap of both motos early in the race. He was riding with a purpose. You could see the intensity in that opening lap or two um, because he didn't necessarily come out leading right away in both motors he had to make some moves and you could tell just you know by his body position that intensity was there you could tell that he instantly wanted to get to the front and then he set sail so he won both motors by over 25 seconds combined um like you said, Joel made a little run at him in that first moto, but Sunset Ridge was just just what the doctor ordered for Chad. He needed to kind of right the ship of what had been going on the last few weekends here, and Chad made it happen, and he reclaimed the points lead at Sunset Ridge. But man, that guy on those rough tracks like that is is just, it's remarkable. I mean, I don't know what words are left to use for him, on those types of conditions, but it is absurd what he does on those racetracks. He is a machine. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he's six four, I believe, and just the length that he can contour his body to mm-hmm. and use that strength and stuff when it gets to those tracks. And you know, he's incredible, and he's always been, you know, strong on any track. Really, I mean, you can never count him out. He's always right there, and. You know, that's really the the fact of it is he's amazing, especially when it gets into these sandier, rough style conditions. And, you know, he grew up riding that track. You know, he does really well and rides really well at Redbud. Plus, when he trains in Florida all winter, he's riding in the sand constantly. You know, Mesa, the dirt reminds me when it's watered, you know, a bunch. It reminds me a lot of, say, Walnut you know, with the, how deep it can get. And he rides that place all the time mm-hmm. and that's perfect preparation for days like this. And when you add six inches to his legs, when it gets super rough, he can kill it. I mean, and you can't take that away from him. The guy, you know, he's just a diesel. So what I was saying to the people, you know, kind of around me, um, maybe even after we were debriefing of the, the race weekend there, the pro class racing, you know, I was thinking, so, so we know Chad is dominant on these types of racetracks. It's been this way for years. That's where he's at his very best or where he can flex his muscles more than, you know, maybe some of the rest of the guys. But the thing is, is it's like, at what point are we going to see Chad not be quite as dominant on these types of tracks? I mean, he's mid thirties, right? So coming into the weekend, I was like, man, I know that these are his types of racetracks. I was picking him. I was all in on this, but 
in the back of my mind is when is, when are, are the younger kids going to catch up, you know? And let me tell you, it surely isn't in 2021 because again, he was, I, I just, there's nothing left to say. I mean, he was so dominant. He reclaimed the points lead. Um, like I said there after that domination at Sunset Ridge, let's bring Chad on here to talk about a much needed win for the defending champ. And now brought to you by Valvoline, the original motor oil. Check out their full line of products at valvoline.com today. I'm proud to introduce your seven-time and defending AMA ATV Pro Class National Champion, fresh off his most recent victory and regaining the series points lead at Sunset Ridge. It's Mr. Chad Weenan. What's up, buddy? Welcome back to Digging Deep. Hey, thanks, Cody. Uh, it's good. Good to be back on. It's been a little bit of time and, uh, you know, it's, it's always a pleasure, you know, coming on after a really good weekend that we had. Yeah. It's a, it's been a little while since we had you on. So I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to this, been looking forward to this conversation all day after uh, we connected this morning, massive victory for you this weekend. One that you said was uh, much needed. I have to believe it's good vibes only at the Wienan compound this week. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, coming into the weekend it, it like everything just felt right like I was not thinking about the race I was spending a lot of time with the family like I felt like I had you know prepared myself as much as I could and you know and just things just fell into place I had great starts and great speed great line choices and it just all came together and yeah I mean definitely getting my butt kicked for the last you know three rounds is not exactly fun but it uh it definitely propelled me to you know to pr progress my my machine and myself and get it ready for our you know our 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 next win this year and uh you know even even the one at daytona like i i didn't earn that one and i felt like i came out and i earned this one for the first time this year Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was something that's really stuck with me since Daytona, just what you had said at Daytona, like you don't want to win that way. I found myself thinking about that on Saturday that, you know, you really went out there and grabbed this thing. You claimed that day. Wow. There was no doubt about that. This is something that you touched on before we hit record on this interview here, but it's something that I had thought about too, was the maybe breath of life or whatever that's breathed into your program. When you come back home, I mean, you're from Illinois, this is your home race and all these things, but you come home cause you've been down South yet up until now, I believe um, just all of those things together. It had to feel like the, the culmination, the perfect storm to, you know, go out there and have a big performance before the, the weekend even started. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is like refreshing coming back home, having the track in the backyard and, you know, racing on the home soil. It's uh it's, that's always a good thing, but uh, on, honestly, like it, it wouldn't have gone that way if we didn't put the man hours into, you know, the suspension on the machine and, you know, Jaime coming in and, uh, doing tuning before the event and, you know, just making sure the, the machine is running at its best. And, you know, like I'm a strong believer that like Joel and I and other riders are at the top, top level. So as long, like the only way you can ride it to fullest potential is if your machine is allowing you to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we just made sure that the machine and everything was where it needed to be. And we executed, you know, like I came in there that, I needed to win this race and I needed to win both motos and like 
it's it's crazy how like when something is needed like how things fall into place because you know like last year in texas like both of us joe and i both of us needed to win that race and it was just an all-out brawl to the end you know and um it's 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 crazy how those things fall into place and you know uh it's a breath of fresh air that knowing that I have that right now and that momentum's rolling in our direction. Of course. So as a competitor, um, performing when the pressure's on or at the, at the highest level, um, when kind of your back's up against the wall, that's when you, that's when you like reap the rewards and get that, probably that feeling of success and achievement more than any other time. So like I said to you, when this call started, like you got to be riding that, you know, that natural high from performing when you needed to, there's no better feeling than that. No, there isn't. And, you know, just knowing that you went out there and you earned it and you put every, you put like, man, like I just put in like both motos. I put in like the strongest, like half of the moto that I could to try and make a big gap. And then I just rode my race from there. And that is so tough for me to do where like I come out first lap and just attack. That's like so difficult for me to do. Like Joel has a very good natural ability of that. Mm -hmm. And I've been working so hard on that and it really paid off this weekend. And man, like I I got back Sunday, like after the, after the race weekend, we got home at like three 34 (laughs) o'clock and it's just like, man, I like, I have been needing this in a long, like needing this for so long and I'm washing my machine on Monday. I'm always listening to music and I'm like singing to myself, like <laughs> yelling, you know, the, the lyrics. And I'm just like, it's a, it's a, it's a big time high. Cause you know, the way that Joel has been riding it is like, man, it's going to be tough to beat him. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we finally put some, some, some motos together. Yeah. And that's a, that's another, that's a whole nother factor. Like you said, I mean, his program has clearly gotten better than it's been in years past moving over to the Yamaha and some of the changes that they made over there. So yeah, you should be riding that natural eye. It it's splitting hairs between you guys. Um, you know, you guys are, are both at the best of the best of the best. It's crazy to think that after, you know, 10 years of racing each other, you guys are at the very pinnacle, the best both of you have ever been. So Um, yeah, I got to believe that it's, that it is for each of you. That's that natural high because everything you do, we've had, a we've had a number of these conversations chat on here, but it's everything you do. It's your, it's your eating, it's your sleep, it's your work in the shop. It's on your, you know, work in the gym, it's management of your time. It's all those things so that you're perfect on that Saturday where the race falls, that's why it's so special because you sacrifice 24 seven for it. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Like I give so much props to my wife and, you know, having, you know, the two kids and mm-hmm. there's times where like, it's like, it gets tough where I really need to be home with them and, you know, be with them. And there's times that I really need to be in the shop working and training and riding. So it's a, it's like that perfect balance that we need to like, put it all together and you know that's I mean that's that's you know that's a special thing all about it I get to share this with my family and you know uh Lakin is starting to get to the point where like he's starting to understand a little bit you know what I do and you know the the lifestyle that we get to live because of it and you know it's it's a beautiful thing 
Mm -hmm. That's so special that you guys get to share that. So I just got done saying to Casey, when I saw you and Joel were basically identical after time qualifying, in my mind, I already knew, at least to me, and I don't mean this in a cocky way, but I mean, like, to me, it was over. Uh, I made the correct fantasy pick. Um, you know, you were my fantasy pick this weekend because, you know, you get stronger and stronger as the track gets rougher. Talk about the confidence you were feeling there heading into the motos because you were you're right there in qualifying. It was a tenth apart or whatever it was. And knowing that you're going to continue to get better throughout the race day, I have to believe that you were as confident as could be going into the, in the, into the motos. Yeah, like, I mean, Joel and I were, like, overlapping like our laps and mm -hmm. um the track was it was a it was a different walnut this year like it was not its typical deep ruddy gnarly bumps you know it was a a more firm walnut this year and a little bit drier yep uh and like i was like in the morning i was like it's weird going out there first practice and not being come back muddy <laughs> like usually that's that's the mo usually like to yeah. a good like racetrack it's gonna be gnarly mm -hmm. and i was kind of like thinking to myself i'm like okay don't worry about that just you're still fast you're you're rolling the track's gonna get you know get gnarly and gnarlier so and you know if i was able to you know click off laps like that and stay like that close to joel and when the track was pretty smooth in the morning i was just like all right like these it's going to be a good day you just get out of that gate and you know that first turn is so tricky there like you gotta you gotta check up for that first turn so you don't don't blow it and guys come coming behind you and yep. uh, that's that's everything to get through that first turn and we we were able to execute good starts and get through that first turn and i was just like all right hammer down like from here on out you know that's so and everything was just, yeah, it was just all coming together. And I, I was just licking my chops knowing that we had that close of lap times and how, how good the track was going to start to get as the day went on. Yeah. So it was a little bit different track, like you said, um, but the way it flowed, I, it was almost like as good as I can remember, at least in recent years, it flowed so well. Um, the way it developed, you could rail the shit out of those, some of those corners. It was like Talladega oh. and then the way some of those sections got hard packed too reminded me of, you know, years ago, like 15 years ago, when you were getting your first podium there, it reminded me more of that where there was some hard pack stuff, but like you, like I, like I said, and like, I could tell you were agreeing with the way that the track opened up. I mean, it was like a super bike track going from one corner to the other, keeping your momentum up. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just, like I said, it reminded me of years ago and, and sunset Ridge was awesome this weekend. It was different, but it was, it was awesome. It made for some great racing. Yeah. Like, like you said, I, I don't think I've like crushed so many berms out there at sunset. <laughs> like usually like you're, you're, you're kind of digging yourself to the ruts on the insides and yeah. a couple outsides you touch on, but man, it was just like crush as much as momentum as you could, which like, I feel like that's a a big upside to me just my my roll speed like rolling through the turns and you know just using my legs for the bumps and it's like i i really enjoy doing that you know especially like you you get that perfect berm and you can just sand surf it all the way around it and it mm -hmm. walnut served that this weekend absolutely so the the wild part to me and it's a credit to you but even you know as the oldest rider on the racetrack 
the gnarlier the track is, that's when you flex your muscles. That's when you're able to grab another gear on the rest of the pack. And when you think about that on a basic level, it almost becomes even more impressive. Like I'm sitting there watching you, you're 20 minutes into this moto, you know, it's, it's 90 something degrees. It's a long day on a rough racetrack and you're still standing up, you know, throttle on, um, putting together these amazing laps. And it's just amazing to me that, you know, it's like you continue to get better and you're not slowing down and still what, you know, the, the, what's your advantage, what's your biggest like advantage over everybody else is just being gnarly. And, you know, it's no different than it was 15 years ago. That's just so amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how to really say that, but just like, I used to like really struggle in the heat and like, I don't know, I, I think, you know, switching my diet really helped that, but also just learning to just embrace it and learn to like almost enjoy the pain of it, you know, and training in it. And, you know, just yeah, sunset Ridge is hard where I have a lot of friends and family that come. So like, I want to, I want to go out and talk to them and like, the one year I got severely dehydrated, like I learned from that, be like, Hey, like you need to, like, if you're talking to people, you need to be carrying a water, you need to hydrate and, you know, learning from those mistakes that I've made in the past. But like, I don't know. I mean, you look at like Digger Doug, where this guy, like the gnarly, the truck track got, like he went faster too. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just something maybe in the Midwest water that you, (laughs) you intake and, and uh, you just learn to love those conditions. And uh, I've been really like enjoying those conditions and I don't dread it. Like you can actually like look down the line and see the, like the guys in the line, like almost like, man, this is going to be a tough moto. Like it's, I'm already beat from the first one. And I've been there, like, Chad. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And like, I think that fuels you even more, you know, just wanting it more like, all right, let's just go let's get it. Let's get, let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun rest of the year. Cause we're at the halfway point now and you know, we're heading out to Joel's territory, but I'm just, I'm just riding this and I feel like we uh, we're going to get this party started again here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, you, you hadn't won since the opener, despite having some really strong rides like that incredible comeback ride in Moto2 at Aonia Pass, which was amazing. But this weekend, it all came together. Like you said, you got some really good starts, um, better than we've seen in recent races, I feel like. Had some Mm -hmm. crazy early race intensity, which you touched on already, but that was incredible, and it really stood out to me. And then ended up leading every lap in these pro motors because of that combination. Then you topped it off with 1-1 in pro stock as well. So as we talked about kind of so far, great weekend to be Chad Weenan, but tell me a little more about that. Just the, the combination, that early race intensity, all those laps, everything like that. And then like, you know, we touched on a little bit, this home, this home turf thing, the home track advantage, all that stuff. That's one thing. I mean, having done a lot of laps at a place is one thing, but I don't know that there's anything like the connection you have to the crowd at Sunset Ridge every year. I think that's so special because when you come by, when you're on that side Hill, when you come by, you can hear the crowd. And I don't know that that happens anywhere else with any other rider. So all of that combination, it, it's just gotta be such a cool experience. Yeah. Like it's, it's special, man. Like 
I can hear I can hear it too. Like it's it's pretty cool. Like I hear it the most when I'm like coming by the finish line in the air, like when I'm, you know, getting ready to get back on the ground. And uh it's it's really man, it just it propels you even more. And just knowing that you have like the people's backing and you know, it reminds me of like, you know, some of the you know, the outdoor races where like you attend those and you can hear the crowd like going around the track following the leader or following the guy that's charging you know and um it's a it's a very cool feeling and it's man i just i just wish we could bring that everywhere but it's special that it's in at you know my home race and you know just the vibe is 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 on you know the vibe is 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 there so it's it's always special with that and especially when i'm on my game you know, the crowd gets louder. <laughs> mm-hmm, definitely. Oh, like pro stock, like the, the racing there, that first moto was intense. Like we've, uh, I got a bad start, you know, a lot, it seemed like more of the top running guys got bad starts and we just all kind of freight trained our way through the, through the pack. And, um, uh, uh, poor Max, uh, <laughs> he was, he was fighting his way through the pack and he got to the lead for not even a full, like, not even like a half of a section is and his machine like when you push these machines to the limits like it, go, it can it can go into like a, a limp mode if you get it too hot so his machine went into like a small limp mode and four guys passed him <laughs> like bang 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 and like we, we joke around about like who's gonna out, out hole shot who and stuff like sure. that and then he was like oh man i let a lap and i was like i crushed him like dude you didn't even lead a section and he was like what like I'm like no you started the lead here and you lost it before the pistoli and he's like oh man like (laughs) so it was just kind of funny to you know he had a good weekend too like he was in good contention and uh he he kind of gave one away but he's he's young he's learning and we we spent a lot of time this past week riding at my place and riding at other other people's places and as, as well and preparing and it's fun to have, you know, him around to, to push against and, you know, you're out there suffering and he's suffering out there with you. So it's a lot easier to push yourself in that aspect. And yeah. And other than that, like just the fans came out big, you know, this past weekend and, you know, I really thank them for all the support. It's really cool to have that and um, nothing sweeter than winning in your backyard. You know, mm-hmm. it's nice. Yep. Definitely. So Sunset Ridge, we're coming off this race at your, at your home track. It's counterpart is Redbud, another track that suits your style. I'm sure you're looking forward to getting over there um, at the end of okay. next month, but you don't really want to allow Joel to string together a number of moto wins between now and then. So do you anticipate being able to carry this momentum from Walnut into Pleasure Valley and Unadilla even even if it's as simple as replicating some of those good starts, I mean, that might be, that might be all it takes. The starts are so key. Yeah. Like I have all, all intentions to go in there and try to, you know, go, you know, to Joel's, Joel's place and try to go to battle. And, you know, I, I feel like we have the machine and myself and the starts to contend. And, you know, I, I feel like we have what we need to go do there and make it happen. And, um, I know he's gonna be tough. He's gonna be, he's gonna be wound up. And, but, um, you know, I just feel like 
uh, we go in there and do our job and execute that we can have a really good chance of winning some motos. And like, I feel like Unadilla, like I've been getting better and better at every time we go and I'm not that far off of Joel there, even though it's, it suits him really well, but uh, you know, he's, he's on a new machine this, this year going there, but uh, it's going to be a battle and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like it's going to be the two riders, you know, riding at their best and it's going to be a fun, fun time to, to watch and live it, you know? Mm -hmm. I love to hear that because as a competitor, you know, like you said, it's the midway point of the season here. You're sitting with a small points gap. The best man down the stretch is going to win this title. You've won seven of these things, but I have to believe you like the position you're in. I actually really do. Like, um, you know, just the, the testing that we've done and the, the comfort zone that I have. And, you know, I honestly felt like leaving Georgia, I felt like we had, you know, Joel thinking that like, it's going to be tough from here. And, you know, I know it's going to be tough on my end and he knows it's going to be tough on his end. So the, the limit, the error is like so small right now. Cause mm-hmm. Like, I know if he had a problem during a moto, he can charge back up to the front and he knows that I can do the same. So it's going to be all about just execution and minimizing those mistakes. Yeah. So you saying that brings something to mind for me. This is something that I had a conversation. I had a conversation with somebody this weekend about it, but there's so much respect. I feel like between you two, because each of you knows what it takes to be at the level that you two are at. And there's just this, oh, yeah. this mutual respect that you can just feel even in the, the little video clips of, of you two chatting with each other, the pictures you can see chatting with each other. There's just that mutual respect that's so apparent. And I think that that's so cool. And, and I got to believe that that comes from, you know, each one of you knowing what it takes to be at that level and respecting that that other guy is willing to suffer just like you are. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all respect and, you know, like, you know, obviously don't get us wrong. We want to go out there and beat each other's, you know, as much as we can. And mm-hmm. it, it actually like, it's, it's one of those things where you want that, that person to be at their best so that you can beat them while they're at their best. Cause that makes you feel so like satisfied going home, knowing that you put it all together, you rode your best laps, you rode everything the best you could. And you know, it's, it's, it's been growing on. I think it's helped a lot. Like this past year, I think Joel and I really come a long way where we can, like, we've had a, we've had a phone conversation, you know, like for maybe close to an hour at, at, you know, one point this year. And it's like, we've never done that. And I think it's pretty, pretty good that we can have like that kind of level of like a, a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. where we respect each other at, the most. And, you know, I feel like we know that we can go out there and race each other hard and we can have the trust in each other to, you know, to, uh, race each other clean and race, race to the checker flag and just, uh, let the best man win. Absolutely. I think that that's so cool. It's so just cool to hear that cool to share with our listeners. Um, so butter two drop today. Tell me about that segment in there. Uh, the filming and stuff with, with you and Joel, I actually just got done watching that video on Derek's new movie. Tell me about that. That kind of, uh, ties into this conversation here. 
yeah like i was actually really cool because we've like he was staying down in florida for a while and like we would see each other at the track every once in a while and like you know we're we're over there you know i'm doing my thing getting my machine prepared and you know doing all my testing and stuff like that and he's putting in his motos as well and you know we can we're like sitting there like we we can talk about the track and you know different lines and stuff like that and like going to the butter film like that was all like we weren't training we were just filming you know just having fun mm -hmm. and that's kind of a breath of fresh air because you know we usually like when practice we don't practice like close to each other you know like of course that was that was pretty fun to go out there and just throw throw a couple of whips and you know just having fun and doing it for the camera and uh I think we've been really missing that for quite a while, just having that, uh, that the filming industry and stuff like that. And it's good to have, you know, the butter crew and Derek and everybody involved to, you know, bring out like a cool, badass film, you know, just, uh, just get everybody excited about like, because everything now is kind of like YouTube and stuff like that. And like the edit work of that they put into this is, is next level. And, that's that was fun to be a part of that and like everything else that came with it like the day that we had you know was really cool yeah it's got a huevos feel and it, it i couldn't help but yeah. kind of let it take me back to when i was a kid and watching some of those videos so that was really cool butter 2 it's available now on itunes and motobutter.com we have derek coming up to uh to talk about the new movie i uh, just wanted to touch on that while we were talking about you and joel um, Chad, you've been doing this whole ATV racing thing as a professional for 15 plus years now, in your opinion, when was the last time that this class was this strong? Because that class is so gnarly right now from top to bottom. Uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Yeah. Like it's actually like at a good point right now where like, I think Wesley Wolf has been the biggest surprise to me this year, like how well he's been riding and under, like, he's just been sneaky fast and riding really well. And then like, you have Janusa stepping up and the Bryce Fords and the Max and like, you know, you name it. Like there's, there's, I mean, Restrelli, like, look at, like, look at these guys all battling for that third spot. And I would say it's probably been like, like, 2010 2011 like where like you have these many guys like battling for that podium spot for damn sure mm -hmm. like we're still missing like the guys battling up front you know for the wins but man like if you're coming through the pack and those guys are battling like watch out like it's gonna be a dog fight so it's it's pretty cool like i got to see that at georgia you know these guys have really good pace and like i think they're they're not too far off of like finding that extra little bit to be up there battling with Joel and I. Yeah. The, the class is so gnarly. And that's actually kind of why I wanted to ask you was you having to race up through that pack in Georgia there. That's what made that ride from you. So impressive. I mean, we've seen you, you know, over the years, it hasn't happened often, but you have something happen and have to race through the pack. The difference this year is that it's so strong. The class is so good. And, and it seems like all those guys that you named from Wesley Wolf to Nick Janusa to Jeffrey Rastrelli, all those guys, and then the newcomers, um, all of those guys, like they're at their best. They're at the best that they've ever been they might not be at your guy at you and your level at Joel's level yet, but 
I mean, they're getting closer and, and that's a, that's a great thing for the sport. That's so fun to watch. Yeah. Like at, uh, at Georgia, like Vestrelli was keeping tail with, you know, Joel, like keeping him with, keeping him within sight, you know, five, six seconds and, you know, past the midway point. And I'm looking to see how far I got to go to get up to them. And I'm like, I'm like, dang, like (laughs) Jeffrey's riding really good. And like, I just put my head down and did everything I could to try and tail him down. And like, it's, uh, it's not going to be like that for long, for much longer. Like these guys are, you know, when they're able to start with us up front, they're learning every time. And pretty soon they're going to be there to go past halfway, you know, with us and, and really dig deep into the moto. And that's, I think that's the toughest thing for them right now. Like they can, they can hang in there for a while and they just can't quite put it the whole moto, but you know, that's just like the depths that Joel and I go to and the level that we've built ourselves to. And like, we keep pushing each other past that too. And it's, it's, it's good. It's not, there's no, like, there's no, there's no roof on this thing right now. It's, I think we're going to continue to do this the whole, the whole rest of the year. Well, that's the crazy part is that you guys just find a way to raise the bar, you know, I mean, for the last, however many years, it's like, you would have thought each of you were pegged. And at the time you were pegged and then yeah. you, you managed to, you know, surpass that. That's the amazing part. So uh, it's just incredible yeah. what you guys have done, but it's cool to see that some of these riders are taking a step and it's so fun, um, you know, to take in these races now as a spectator and to not know exactly what's going to happen. That's something that we've said on these ra- on these shows for a while now, but it's not like we slot in first, second, and third, or even that you, you know, maybe you don't know the order, but you know, the top three, that's not really the case anymore. You know, we know the top mm-hmm. two dogs, we know you and Joel, but I mean, that third place podium position is up for grabs each and every weekend. Nobody knows who's going to take it. And I mean, a rider could be in third or could be in seventh and you're not surprised. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's at a, a strong level, you know, there and like riding with Max this past week, I was like, Max has podium potential this, yes. this weekend. Yep. And I was like, he's, he's just got to put it all together. And like, he just missed it. Mm-hmm. But man, like it's, it, I think it's going to like continue to push him because he's got a taste of it. You know, he's, he's got it. He had it in his mouth and mm-hmm. he just didn't quite execute the whole, the whole way. So it's like each of these guys, like if they, somebody else is going to, you know, latch on and take it from you. So it's, it's pretty cool to, to, you know, see at the end of the day and the excitement that they bring to the podium, you know, like it's, it's really like a breath of fresh air because these guys are not used to this. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a shame that, you know, like Joel and I are, we expect ourselves to be right there every time. But like this weekend was, you know, the most excited I've been in a long time because I know all the work that has gone into and I haven't been able to really go grab it straight up, you know? So it was, it was nice to do that. Yeah. It's so fun to watch. And, um, 
Yeah, I think you've been there 57 times previously. I think it's your 58th win, 118th podium was this weekend. But uh, then you got guys like Wesley Wolf. It was his second podium. And you got guys like Max that are that close. I really thought that he was going to get it done there. There was a point in that on, on race day there where it looked like he was going to be the guy. So it's been so fun to watch. It's going to be fun to monitor as we go down the stretch here. Last question for you, Chad. I can't thank you enough for doing this, by the way. We recently had Michael Bird on, your mechanic at the races uh what is it like having michael wrench for you he sure he sure seems like a, a guy who cherishes the opportunity to be a right-hand man on the weekend i didn't want to let you get out of here without touching on that because it was a really fun conversation when we had him on yeah uh, michael's a great dude and like i just really like the excitement that he has like leading up to the races like for instance last year after we won the championship at the banquet, he's like, I cannot wait till Daytona already. You know, like he, he eats, sleeps it. And like, like you said, he's a, he's a connection spot there at Baldwin where he works and he gets it from all the, all different directions, you know, and he's, he's hungry to do good. And I'm glad that I have, you know, him, you know, in my corner turning wrenches and, you know, even, you know, just putting those good things on the board that, you know, it's uh, inspiring to me and, you know, I really, I really enjoy his company. So we're, we're meshing well together and we're, you know, when he started for me, like I'm out there uh, looking over his shoulder doing stuff and we're to the point now where I'm, I'm pretty much full time in the motorhome focusing and, you know, just getting myself prepared and he's taking care of his business out there. So it's a, it's a great thing to have him there and he brings a lot to our table and, He's, he's really good. I just thought it was so authentic to hear him say, man, I just wanted to go to the line. I just wanted to go to the pro <laughs> line. And then he finds himself there with you with the seven time champ. I just thought that that was so cool to hear that. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, I still remember the first day he started and like, he's, he, he's a nervous wreck. And like, <laughs> um, you know, we, we just, uh, we've been building, you know, since then. And, you know, he, every single time, like, He's always got those, uh, he's just like jitters. He's just ready. You know, he's, he, he, he's like, I just can't wait till the gate drops. Like I am just ready. And like, he knows what I want now. Like he, he knows, you know, what, what works for me. And, you know, it's, it's good that we're, we're on that level now where we almost don't even have to say anything to each other. And we just look at each other and it's like, yep, like we got it. That, that's yeah. so, so cool to hear. I love to hear that. It's like a, it's like a good coach and a, and a good quarterback. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's cool to hear. Chad, congrats again on a, a killer weekend. Good luck at Pleasure Valley and beyond. Um, just can't thank you enough for always being such an awesome guest. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, man, of course. Appreciate you having me on and you know, it's, we're going to keep, uh, keep working to keep this, keep this flow going and, We'll see what happens here in a couple of weeks at Pleasure Valley. It's going to be so fun to watch. Congrats yeah. again, buddy. That's Sunset Ridge winner Chad Weenan brought to you by Valvoline. Visit valvoline.com today for over 150 years of experience and expertise to improve your ride. Great job again, champ. We'll see you soon, okay? Thanks, sir. See you. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us.
Welcome to the team, two-time champ Joel Hetrick, who dropped the biggest news of the offseason when he announced his move to CST Tires. The CST takeover has been gaining momentum over the past several seasons, and now Joel Hetrick and his Phoenix Racing teammate Jeffrey Rastrelli are the most recent additions. The Pulse MXR tire has helped lead riders like Thomas Brown to race wins in three consecutive Quad Cross of Nations titles, Nick Janusa to the Pro Class podium, myself Cody Jansen as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to back-to-back -back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class, and the most recent additions have us thinking a Pro Class national championship is on the horizon for CST tires. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit shop.csttires.com to join the CST takeover today, or prepare to be beat by someone who did. Joel Hatrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Nick Janusa, myself, and so many others are believers in CST tires. Are you? CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. You already know we're Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast. Whether it's second all-time winningest, seven-time and reigning ATV MX Pro Class National Champion Chad Weenan, or six-time and current XC1 Pro ATV GNCC National Champion Walker Fowler, it's clear the podium-proven Yamaha YFC 450R is the winning choice of sport ATVs. This unprecedented success for the YFC 450R, its unrivaled quality and performance, and the undeniable fact that Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing has created a Yamaha takeover within the sport quad market. Better yet, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program is back and even stronger for 2021, meaning Yamaha riders are about to cash in on higher payouts and more prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ450R. For more info, head over to YamahaBlueCrew.com, follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors, and check out Yamaha's full proven off-road lineup at YamahaOutdoors.com today. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at valvoline.com. SSI decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Weenan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross, as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and, oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. 
No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is brought to you in part by DID in their range of championship winning chains. Powered by technology, DID chains are designed to give you the greatest strength to weight ratio, making them the optimal chain for racing and giving you a championship level edge. DID has been driving championship winning race programs since 1933, chosen by champions such as Chad Wienan, Joel Hetrick, and myself, Cody Jansen. Champion above the rest is DID's 520 ATV2 chain, with those same design principles and materials being used throughout their entire line of products, including their on-road category as well. Pick up a DID chain today at your local dealer or reputable online e-tailer. DID, what drives you? We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits, Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world, visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. Forworks Carbon's innovative, lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shock guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, Forworks has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust Forworks for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. Forworks Carbon, always working hard to bring high-quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. All right, this day was all about Chad Weenan, but Joel Hetrick hung tough. We know now something happened at the beginning of the first moto there. Um, he was the clear-cut number two on the day, but was hampered by that injury. Um, Casey, so consistent 2-2 moto scores for him, but um, there was the talk of this injury. I thought maybe at some point I heard the word burn, but I don't know that that's the case. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Take us through what happened there from your point of view or what you know from Joel's camp there in the first moto and then what he had to deal with throughout the moto there. We touched on it. Give us some details on what happened there. Yeah, just, I, you know, I got to see the video of it on Sunday and it's just a freak deal. Bryce had come in to that, you know, top bowl corner up there and chatted, went around the outside and, I don't know if Bryce kind of got kicked up a little bit, but it just looked like he sort of tipped and went into Chad, but it flipped his bike over. Well, Joel was right there with those guys and not expecting a bike to be flipped over sort of in the middle of the track, had nowhere to really go. So he just kind of had to hit it. And when he hit it, somehow the bike had kind of landed in between his front and rear tire and his front and rear fender, but that's right where his leg was at. So looking at his boot, there was no like, you know, something didn't stick through his boot, which was the oddest, oddest thing, because when you looked at Joel's leg, it looked like something came in his boot and cut it, but there was no 
real damage that we've seen in the brief seconds that we looked at his boot to see that caused that. So to me, in theory, the only way that could have happened was he hit a Nerf bar or an A-arm or something so hard that the pressure, even through his boot, blew his leg apart, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, part of it, probably about a two-inch long, half-inch wide like gap was in his shin. And they're, you know, they're in the end of that. It had to bruise the bone. You know, he was walking around on it, you know, after the motos and then walking just, a, you know, a little bit better on Sunday. And I actually texted him yesterday. I was like, hey, how's your leg feeling? He's like, it's starting to feel a little bit better. But that's basically the long or, you know, the short of the long or whatever. We don't really know what, how that actually happened besides he hit Bryce's bike. And we don't know what really the extent of the damage is. You know, I, I don't know that he's went to the doctor yet. He probably will just to be, you know, sure that it isn't broken or something like that. But um, crazy. I mean, just to gut it out after basically blowing your leg apart, icing it up and taping it. You know, we try to get ice and we got, um, you know, the guys over at 88 Ride to Live brought up a ice compression machine. And Joel put that on for a while, you know, everyone really rallied and, and tried to step in, you know, at one point I was like, I felt like I was playing nurse, you know, I had Carly's over there rubbing icy hot on his leg and I'm getting bags of ice and packing them on his leg just to try to make sure we can get them, you know, as recovered and as healthy as we can going into the second moto. That's pretty wild to think of that happening through the boot. I know, you know, I've smashed some fingers and had them blown open and had to get them stitched together and stuff like that. But to think that that happens through, you know, an Alpine star tech 10 or whatever, that's yeah. pre pretty impressive yeah. actually. Yeah. And that's like the craziest thing. Cause there's like no visible, no traces of something going into his boot and cutting them because there would be a hole in the boot. Of course. And you know, obviously, so it has to just be basically from a slam that, you know, onto your shin bone. That's obviously just as hard as a Nerf bar or whatever it was that he hit. The video that I seen was a little bit of a distance away. So you can see him hit the bike and the bike spin around sort of kind of like Mitch Reynolds did at high point when he hit um, Lance Walker's bike. Oh, yeah. It just spun. Yep. And, you know, I think Mitch fared a little better there than what Joel ended up doing because I ended up getting his leg and, you know, but no excuses. I mean, and that's Joel's say, like, you know, I, I wasn't riding very good that first moto and, you know, I was trying to figure out what was going on with my leg without worrying about my leg too much because I want, you know, I had a race to go race. And so he just tried to muscle through it and do what he could do. Yeah. Joel Hattrick is a badass. credit to him because that is a, that is a very tough situation to be in um, when you're trying to digest, figure out what's going on with your body or something you're dealing with while in the middle of this, you know, battle. And he was obviously going crazy fast. I mean, he was clearly the next best guy other than Chad. Right. So um, credit to him for, for salvaging what he could there and uh, putting on a, a strong effort in his own right behind Joel is, is where things really get interesting. Moto one, Nick Janusa was all alone in third killer ride for him. And you told me ahead of time, I think we talked about it on Friday to keep an eye on him. Um, you're working with his program a little bit now, right? Yeah, definitely. We um, kind of got together right after Georgia. Um, we have some mutual friends and, you know, people that are in his program. And, you know, obviously I've known Nick forever 
and we just never had a chance to work together. And he was in a situation where he won't, you know, he had called and reached out and we talked and it made sense for both parties. And, uh, you know, so far, you know, I can't say enough about him. Um, he's been awesome to work with, very thankful. And, you know, so far he's really happy. And I think the first moto is what we've seen. Um, I'm not going to sit here and take the credit for it because Nick could have done that you know, damn near on a TRX 90, when he gets a good start, he has the speed to do it. He always has. So there's no doubt in that, but it, I think it's just um, a lot of things align that first moto. He got a killer start and put in the work and, you know, got a gap away from fourth place. And, you know, at one point he was, he was staying really tight on the Chad and Joel. And that was what I want to see. Cause I know he's definitely capable of running you know, third and, and doing that, but it's seeing how much closer he can stay is where I think we're going to start, you know, what I want to see improvements. Mm -hmm. And, and so does he. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what Impact Solutions does. If you need a spark, you need some help with some suspension. Uh, you, you know, like I said, you need a spark with your program, call Casey at Impact Solutions. Uh, but honestly, but honestly, Casey, um, he, it's been like a, a couple rounds now where he wasn't the Nick Janusa that we had come to know clearly top five. It's just like um, he found himself in a couple situations or he was struggling a little bit, whatever it was. Um, but to see what he did there in the first moto, it was, it was as strong as we've seen him ride pretty much, you know, it, it continued that those really strong rides from early in the year when he got that podium at Daytona and such. Um, so really good ride for him there in the first moto that really stood out to me as much as anybody's ride in the first moto was Nick Janus's first moto there. And then when you fast forward to moto two, um, Wesley Wolf runs in the top three for the entirety of moto two. He kind of did what Janusa did in the first moto. He was sixth in moto one, but after a strong uh, first moto performance from Nick Janusa, he got caught up in a first turn melee and had to come from way back. So those two ultimately tie, they almost inverse each other. Janusa got the third place in moto one. Wesley got the third place in moto two. They were both sixth in the opposite moto. So they flip-flopped, um, tied for points on the day, six, three, three, six finishes, but wait, late in moto two, Jeffrey Rastrelli puts on a valiant last lap charge on Wesley, which was impressive to see after a long, hot day on a rough track. Um, he was right there at the finish and that would have been for the final podium spot. So all in all, Wesley Wolf gets his second career podium finish. Congrats to him. But all three of those guys, Wesley Wolf, Nick Janusa and Jeffrey Rastrelli, they all have reason to be optimistic. That was some incredible racing. Probably the best racing we saw on the day was between those three guys. Yeah, and it's crazy how so and I think we're gonna see this a lot for that for that third position out of you know that whole group of guys. But at Aonia Pass, Jeffrey and Wesley tied for third place. Jeffrey having the better second moto gave him the nod. Now we have Janusa and Wesley that end up tying for third place. Wesley with the better second moto gives him the nod. Um, really the one that kind of got bumped the hardest in that mess and you know with a good ride and a good day was um jeffrey rastrelli mm -hmm. and even max linquist you know max was right there until a mistake but i i was really thinking like i'm like watching what's going on i'm seeing where max is at and i see where wesley you know and i see jeffrey 
And then, you know, basically I'm thinking, okay, Max just proved me right. He's going to be third this weekend and I can get that monkey off my back because I opened my <laughs> mouth to say, you know, and I still got a couple more chances before Redbud. So, and I talked to him about it a little bit. I'm like, Hey dude, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to be an analyst here and you're not helping me out in my improving my theory. But, um, you know, Max uh, had a really good day, but not fantastic mm-hmm. on paper so much, but I think he did end up fourth overall. So still good. Wesley or not Wesley, but Jeffrey, had two really good motos but ended up the furthest back in the guys that had really good motos in the overall just because of the way the cards fell yeah so going into the weekend max linquist was going to be my tier two pick there um i thought he was going to be really strong he did ultimately end up being really strong i got scared i went back to nick janusa just as a safe pick um but overall i mean that whole that whole grouping of those riders is just incredible to watch it's so fun to watch so um your overall top five of course was chad weenan uh, Joel Hetrick second, Wesley Wolf third, Nick Janusa ended up fourth, Jeffrey Rastrelli one point back ended up fifth. But again, like I said, all all of those guys got to feel good about their rides there, um, all going through some different scenarios, but all strong rides for them. Max Linquist ended up sixth overall. A mistake cost him in the middle stages of Moto Two, like like you touched on, Casey. But Moto One, man, holy shit. He came from eighth to fourth late in Moto mm-hmm. One. And when you're talking about passing that group of guys, you're talking about passing some some of the gnarliest dudes that there are. I mean, all those guys are going for it. They're all, it all, it seems like every one of them is the best that we've ever seen them be. And he got within five-ish seconds of Nick Janusa late in that moto. Um, so Max Linquist was flying on the weekend flying in moto one and he came sixth came out with sixth overall but man he was he was really good again and just like you said he could have very easily been the podium guy um if if the situation was just a tick different there was a a point there where i thought he was going to be the podium guy yeah so here i i actually made a mistake He was sixth overall. For some reason, I thought he ended up fourth overall, and I don't know why. But, but the point, the Wesley, points there, the points there were all nip and tuck. I mean, between well, all they're all them. tied. So you have Wesley and Nick that tied for third and fourth, yep. and then you have Jeffrey and Max that you know Jeffrey was five four, mm-hmm. Max was four five, and yep. you know you got the two at thirty five points and the two at thirty four points. So. They were only one point off of the podium. Exactly. Even with all the ties that are going in there. So it that's that shows you right there. And, you know, in both of those motos, two guys that we haven't got to, you know, so much say here is Logan Stanfield was in that mix for a very long time. I believe it was the first moto when he got a stellar start and ended up, you know, running way up there in the top five for quite a while. I think at one point he was in third. Um a couple of little things happened with him and bounced him back and Brandon Hogue, the same thing. He was very well in that mix passing and be, you know, battling with, you know, Rastrelli, Max Linquist and uh, Wesley Wolf, you know, Janusa had come through the second moto through the back. And then the first moto he started pretty much in like second, third, there, fourth and ended up right up in the front. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you can't and Bryce Ford, you know, crazy wild day for him, you know, with, um, I'd say 
we can kind of call it maybe two mistakes, you know, both very early in the motos. Um, the only highlight I can say out of his day is after the second crash, you know, I'm thankful he's not hurt because that was a pretty nasty one. Yeah. And it was actually cool to see him and Cody like battling like those two, like Cody wasn't giving him an inch and he wasn't giving Cody an inch. I mean, I think at one point in time, I seen him like literally bumping on each other. So to see those two guys get to ride with each other, being brothers, just like the, the historian side of me, I guess, like thinks it's pretty cool. It is. And it's fun to watch. It is cool. I was thinking the same thing when we were watching <laughs> that go down. Um, so we've touched on this, you and I have on the show here that the biggest thing for those riders, that grouping, what we call tier two and digging deep ATV MX fantasy is the consistency. And you saw it on this day. If any one of those guys could have just been a touch more consistent, um, I guess that was the advantage on you know, getting that last podium spot. It worked out for Wesley Wolf because he got the third in that second moto six, three gave him that third overall, but consistency is the biggest thing. So everybody's kind of been, you know, up and down, up and down at each one of these races. Um, I'm just, it's going to be really, really exciting to see who's going to take that step to clearly be that third place guy and grab that thing and run with it as we kind of transition into the second half of the year here. And when we're talking about, you know, season ending points, it's going to be really fun to watch this race go down on who's going to grab that thing. Yeah. And right now we're seeing, you know, Nick Janusa just moved into third place in points. Um, you know, Bryce was there for a little bit, um, earlier this year and with a couple of rough races. Jeffrey's you know, right there too, though. Jeffrey's right there too. He's, he's, he's getting hot at the right time. And that's going to be really exciting to watch because, uh, you know, we, we've like this. And I said this on one of the social posts, he didn't get another consecutive podium. He didn't get back-to-back podiums this weekend, but he nearly did. He came extremely close in the way that he was fighting at the end of that second moto after a long day of racing, after all those laps, it was hot. It was 90 plus degrees on a rough track to see what he was doing. I mean, that's going to bode well for him going forward. I mean, I don't have any doubts with Jeffrey Rastrelli anymore. He's put basically all of them to bed. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, that was the coolest part for me. And I, I just pulled up the points. So I have a couple of facts here, mm-hmm. but that was like something that I really loved about like with Jeffrey's weekend, you know, and I know he was like pissed because he wasn't on the podium, like mad. And he knew it was just right at the fingertips. I think at one point he actually didn't think he had to pass Wesley to get onto the podium. Oh, okay. And so, but then I don't know what had switched there late in that moto. I mean, he just dropped the hammer and took off. And, you know, I think he tried to play it safe a little bit mid-moto to make sure that he had the the sprint speed for the end of the moto. And uh, he pulled the trigger, I would say, about a lap late. I think if he would have put that rush on, you know, with three laps to go instead of two laps to go, um, we might have had a different outcome for the podium. You know, obviously that's in the past. Um you know, and Wesley might have been able to answer with that much time left into it. But I think the way Jeffrey came on the last two laps there, he kind of snuck up on Wesley without Wesley even realizing how close he was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, paper wise for Je- for Jeffrey, it's not great. But to see what he pulled off at the end of the moto is something that's been a question in every one of our minds. I don't care who you are. It, it just is what it is. Um, we've all questioned it if he has what it takes to finish that strong at the end of the motos. And I think he just put the exclamation point on that and proved to a lot of people that he does. 
and I, I'm very happy for him. Absolutely. You don't see that in, in two wheeled motocross, four wheeled motocross. You don't see those moves late in a, in a, in a race like that. I mean, the ground he made up in that last lap or two was incredible. And like you said, I mean, Wesley Wolf is a scrapper. Um, you know, he's not going to let anybody just, just go on by him. Um, but still that, that last lap of moto two was a sight to see. So as we go down the list here, uh, Brandon Hogue, we kind of touched on him. We talked about his day seven, seven for seventh overall in reality, it was better than that. He was running inside the top five in moto two, but got kicked goofy. Um, you would have, I think been in the tower. I was directly behind that dragon back or whatever you want want to call it so i saw it i mean i couldn't believe he held on to it swapped one way swapped the other way i uh, couldn't couldn't believe that he held on to that thing that section that kind of turned into a, a, a jarring whoop section there um he jarred his hand he told me he wanted to pull off but fought through it typical brandon hogue fashion uh, this guy is going to be one to watch going forward though like we touched on uh, just being on the yamaha i think if nothing else it's like a fresh breath of air um, and just uh, like turning a page with this program. It's going to be exciting to see, but he fought through it. And I wanted to be able to touch on that because uh, those were his words. He wanted to pull off, but he fought through it and he just felt bad for, uh, for his crew felt, felt like he let them down, but his day was better than seven, seven. And that's a guy that we're going to need to keep our eye on. Oh, I could see that he wanted to pull off. I mean, he was, you could see he was physically shaken. Yep. You know, his hand was off the bars quite a bit. And, you know, like I said, I haven't got to talk to him much exactly about what had happened there. You know, I could see it somewhat from the tower as he come off the top of that. And then I could, see, you know, I talked to him when he was in the autograph session there, which was really cool getting everyone together to do autographs. Um, you know, the whole um, JB Racing, 88 Red to Live, like kind of coordinating all that stuff, you know, hats off to those guys. And, you know, the fans, there was a huge line down there, which was awesome you know, but, um, he, he said the way it kind of kicked him and like, you know, he was trying to hold on to it. And when he landed in the center, he landed with his hand open. I think he said, that's exactly what he said. Yep. Yeah, okay. Cause he was trying to like, kind of like whisper it across like some people that he was talking to at the same time and kind of like making hand gestures. But I, I was thinking that's what he said. And so the way he did that, it must've snapped his wrist enough to just jam it up and, you know, make it very sore for the rest of that moto. So, you know, to gut it out and still stay out there. You can, you can respect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I watched it go down, I thought about the injury he had last year and I wondered if it was the same wrist or hand, maybe it was a little more susceptible because we saw him go out of the series early last year with that injury. Um, so I, I wonder if that had anything to do with it, but yeah, gutty performance by him. And, and that's a guy that we're going to need to watch going forward. You touched on it already. Logan Stanfield rode well, good start in moto one ran inside the top five for nearly half of the race there. Logan ended up eighth on the day consistent as ever with his fourth consecutive eighth place overall finish. Um, the most picked rider in digging deep ATV MX fantasy this week as well. 50% of players owned Logan Stanfield. Logan's been rock solid. I, you know, this is something, I don't know that we've covered it on here. He did lose Travis Moore. Travis Moore has moved on to some other stuff in his life. Um, but Logan Stanfield, and that worried me a little bit. I was like, well, they'd been together for so long. Um, you know, that was, that was Logan's rock. Um, but he's been rock solid. He's continued to continue to be the rider we've known him to be four consecutive eighth place overall finishes. That's impressive. Top tier three rider for us in the fantasy game, all these things. 
Logan Stanfield and I, and I don't know exactly what his post said after the race. Um, but it was said he was going to keep working and that's what every competitor competitor says he's going to do. But I mean, these are good finishes for him. You know, these are good finishes for him getting, um, getting up there, mixing it up with those guys, you know, the, the top five guys is, which is what he did in moto one. Um, that's good. That'll bode well for him going forward. It's good to rub elbows with those guys, but this class is so gnarly. These riders are so good. The class is so stacked when you're finishing eighth, those are good finishes. So credit, credit to Logan Stanfield. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, kind of, kind of a quiet day, but you know, to me, he turned some heads that first moto. I mean, his sheer speed for the Agreed. first half of the first moto. Mm-hmm. I mean, he rode in third for a few laps before Janusa got around him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the same thing. He was in fourth and fifth for a very long time. And, you know, but it, when you're, I don't know if this sounds correct because how much I respect all these guys, but like for Logan, he's finished in the top five. So he knows the taste of that. But then, it's been a little bit since we've seen him in the top five. And so when he's up there running that pace with those guys, I think you sort of, you know, blow yourself out earlier than you normally would. It's not that he's in bad shape, but just the adrenaline rush and your, and your, you know, heart rate is spiked at that point. You're like, wow, there's Chad, there's Joel, there's Nick. Like I'm, I'm where I need to be. And so, you know, a little bit of fade happens later in the moto, which is unfortunate, but it's going to happen until he continues to do what he did and get more comfortable running that speed. You know, a lot of times I've seen Logan this year have to come from 14th, 15th place and work his way into, you know, seventh, sixth, eighth place finishes. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, come on, like, you know, he needs to continue to do what he's doing. And, And when we talked after Georgia, I just told him flat out, he's like, what can I improve? I'm like, your starts. If he improves his starts and his intensity, the intensity will come because of the starts and we just seen it happen. And then, you know, being able to do it for longer and longer each weekend, when you start up there, that's what's going to continue to happen. So um, definitely impressed with Logan as always just a a true professional all the time and, and a good heart, you know, and the entire family um, can never say enough about those guys. Mm -hmm. I love those guys. I I love, uh, love that kid. He's a great rider, but you're exactly right. Uh, When you, Cause like you said, it was the middle of last season that we saw him get a top five. So it, it takes a little bit then. Um, and it is probably a little bit of a shock where he's been a guy, you know, he always seems to find himself around Cody Ford. Um, but Cody would come from, it seems like in the races previous Cody would get a good start and might just, you know, fade back just a tick. Mm-hmm. Logan would get a crappy start and race up to, you know, where Cody was at and then they would be around each other. Uh, so now Logan gets a start. It probably is a shock a little bit. Like he got in moto one. And I was going to say, there's nowhere to hide in the top five of AMA to be pro oh, motocross. No. So to look the part of a top five guy when you're in the top five, that's impressive in its own right. And now you get up there, you run some laps up there. That's going to start to be your expectation. It's no different than Jeffrey Rostrelli. The reason why he was pissed off is because you get that one podium. And now you think that podium spot is mine. And now yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pissed that somebody else is standing in that spot when that's supposed to be my spot. It's no different with Logan Stanfield. If he can spin some more laps up front with those guys, he's going to, um, you know, maybe be able to get some more better starts. I mean, you know how it is when 
when you are so hungry, you know, you need to be upfront, all these things. It's like, you can will yourself to get good starts. And then if you're struggling or stuff like that, it's, you just see a rider struggle with their starts. It just seems it's just a motocross thing. That's how it works. We see yeah. it in two wheeled stuff too. Um, so Logan Stanfield again, rock solid. And I think that, you know, if he can get some starts, we're going to see even better finishes from him going forward, but he looked the part in moto one. And that was impressive. Uh, Bryce Ford, he had no luck when it came to first corners or first couple corners on the weekend. He started both motos and last, uh, the first moto, he actually, um, I don't know if he was credited with the whole shot, but he was leading there for those first couple corners and then had that mishap that we touched on that kind of collected Joel and injured him a little bit. And then in the second moto, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but he came into that first corner, crazy hot, looked like he, he hit a kicker. I think there's, I know there's video out there. We saw some of, uh, and media house's photos uh looked like he got that kicker launched over the berm he face planted himself over the other side of the berm um it was kind of a gnarly wreck there i think that that one was moto too but uh you know he came from way back in both motos he was dead last in both motos salvaged the day the best he could 10 9 moto scores for ninth overall um the 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 speed is never in question um but it was probably a, a regrettable uh weekend for bryce ford that he wished he could get a do-over on my mind leading up into the the weekend i could remember him leading laps there last year and man that was maybe what was going to happen if he if he didn't uh suffer either of those mishaps there in the the first lap of each moto um but he got out of there sounds like he's healthy safe and uh because he went on to win pro-am on sunday so um anything to touch on with bryce ford there he salvaged what he could uh but but it got a little crazy there in the first lap of each moto yeah, definitely. And that's what I was actually getting ready to try to look at if he actually led the first lap or did that happen on the very first no, lap? I can't that, remember. That, I, that happened on the very first lap. Yeah. Yeah. Chad, Chad, Chad led Chad's credited with lap. leading every lap. Yep. Yeah. So, so Bryce definitely got the whole shot because the whole shot line was right at the top of the first little hill there. So mm-hmm. he definitely got the whole shot in the first one. Um, freak deal, honestly, um, in the second moto. I, I don't think anyone – I mean, Bryce did something wrong there. I mean, you gotta you gotta call it how it is. But he came in so hot because he had a bad gate pick for the second moto. And when he come in, anyway, he moved over just right and had the the line going in. But by the time he could get moved over, I mean, he did pull a pretty massive start coming down the straightaway. Yes, he did. And then it was like, oh crap! All breaks, all breaks, all breaks. And then there was a huge kicker there. And so when you're mm-hmm. breaking over a kicker that size. It's, it's just eject time. Like there's nothing that anyone can do that's going to keep you from doing that in that situation. So, you know, glad he's safe again. Um, I think we're going to see him rebound. Uh, we know, you know, his first, I think it was his first pro podium was at Pleasure Valley and we're going in there next weekend. So he's he's got high hopes going in there. And I think, um, you know, getting him through that first lap is going to be his main focus and then just kind of settling in and, and putting in the work and uh, his speed is, is phenomenal. So he'll be, he'll be just fine. Yeah. So just glad he's healthy. Um, that yeah. first corner is kind of crazy at that track um, at sunset Ridge. The it's almost like an off camber on the inside. It's kind of bermed on the outside. And yeah, it looked like he just came in there super hot um, and, and 
uh, kind of suffered the consequences there. Uh, so moving on to his brother, then he finished right behind him um, in 10th overall. They did kind of battle like we talked about in that one moto. Uh, Cody was consistent in moto one. He finished inside the top 10, uh, rode inside the top 10 there to the whole moto and then had to come from way back in moto two to earn that top 10 spot. This was Cody's fourth consecutive top 10 finish, the longest streak of his career. Uh, congrats to Cody Ford, who really seems to be coming into his own. He's kind of back to the Cody Ford that we expected to see. He was dealing with some crap last year that maybe hindered him from being able to be this guy, but good to see him back where he belongs. Um, four consecutive top 10 finishes is no joke in this class right now. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Cody, Cody does Cody, um, you know, beating his brother in the first moto in a, in a very tight battle. He had to hold him um, off. Was, that was the impressive part. Yeah. He had to hold him off. Yeah. Yeah, and there was no love lost there. I mean, those two were going for it. That's why I was saying, like, it was fun to watch them too. Because even at home, like, they don't, you know, at least the last time I was down there a couple of years ago, they don't really ride on top of each other like that, you know. So the cool part about that is they both trust each other, you know, because obviously they do see each other right enough and they know. But, um, you know, second moto, he got collected in that first turn thing. So I don't know if it happened so quick and I was like looking at Bryce making sure Bryce was still functioning because he hit the deck pretty hard on the back side of that berm just kind of watching him trying to figure out who was all collected with Cody I know Cody's bike was standing straight up in the air yeah. and he was trying to get Vince Merriman to back up some so then he can get his bike down but I think um VTech was in front of him you know kind of trapped so Cody was just kind of stuck there so you know still impressive to come back and um finish you know 11th that moto to be able to round out the top 10 yeah it was it was crazy um bryce was laying on the back side of that berm cody was obviously on the front side it was blind from where i was but i knew both ford boys were down one on each side of the berm there so um both to at least finish inside the top 10 both to get out of there uh pretty unscathed it seems like was a blessing in itself uh, Michael Allred was 11th overall. I know he flipped in the first corner of Moto One and fought back from that. Cesar Jimenez ended up 12th overall. He was our top uh, tier four finisher on the day. Congrats to him. Vince Merman was 13th overall. Vitek Nikenyak was 14th. And Michael Perkins rounded out the field with 15th. Uh, Casey, what else do you want to cover from Sunset Ridge? Bryce won Pro-Am, Joseph Chambers and Blair Miller joined him on the podium. Zach Decker had a problem in Moto 1, which cost him. Chad Weenan went 1-1 in Pro Stock. Joel Hetrick and Nick Janusa joined him on the podium there. Andrea Berger made it six consecutive Moto wins in the WMX class. Congrats to her. That's uh uh, she's the one I'm continuing to pull for in WMX um, with the Wisconsin connection there. With the exception of Chad Weenan, uh, no one probably enjoyed Sunset Ridge more than Zach Kazmarek. He went 1-1 in both pro sport and 25 plus, well as sixth in pro stock. Uh, what else you got, Casey? Those are some of the performances that stood out to me. Anything or anyone else that you want to cover before we get out of here? Yeah, it's kind of, um, I got a little list here of people that I, you know, are seeing this weekend and it just kind of stood out to me. And Zach Kazmarek was one of them. Um, you know, Zach Decker's been pretty phenomenal, you know, and I don't know that he's lost. A, I know he hasn't lost a pro sport race yet this year. And, um, you know, he's only really been beaten by Bryce Ford in Pro-Am. Mm -hmm. And so Zach you know, Zach's not riding all the time and stuff, and we know he's fast, you know, Zach Kazmarek. And so to see him come out and win pro sport, I thought that was very impressive. 
mm-hmm. um, 25 plus, you know, you guys are all rolling out pretty good. I thought, you know, you were much better than the last, last race you were at. I felt like this race, um, I got to watch you a little bit more. I think it was a, probably a positive thing for you to get out and ride pro sport too. Yeah. Um, I know your first moto results weren't what you're expecting, but second moto, you were closer to where you felt like you belonged in that class. Um, Maddie Trower in the WMX, um, this girl, she's, she's coming, you know, and Neve and Andrea, I mean, those, those three are really flying right now. So I think they're, um, impressive, but she, at one point had moved into second place and was battling, you know, up there in the front and in the past races or past years, she's been a little bit further distance from those two. So I was really excited to see her run up there. Uh, Corey Edwards in the A class. Uh, one moto, I think he ended up flipping in the first turn, come all the way back to second, was riding really good. I don't know this kid at all. Um, I've shook hands with his dad when I've been down there in the mechanics area during like the A races and, and talked to him um, a little bit. Seemed like really cool people. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I was really impressed. And even in Georgia, I was impressed with his riding and got to see him again this weekend and kind of watch his riding. And I think he's pretty young. So he's, he's coming around pretty good. And so I was really happy about that. Um, And then Dane Molander won all four of his motos this weekend. And, you know, Georgia, Dane did very well. I think he won one overall and Corey actually beat him in the other overall, but he's been pretty dominant in that class all year, but I seen something different this weekend with him. And whether it was because he, his new machine was finally done and he was on that bike and, you know, he seemed to adjust well to it. But it was just something, you know, in the in the first moto on Sunday, they started them with you guys, with the twist plus 25. And yep. Zach was leading your guys' class and you were right there with him. So it wasn't like Zach was out just cruising around. Mm-hmm. Like he had to ride because he had you breathing down his neck the entire time. And one thing that I was watching during that moto was lap times. And Dane was running faster lap times than Zach was. Oh, wow. And so then when I, when I think about it in relevance, you go back to Saturday, Zach won both pro sport motos and beat Zach Decker heads up. Mm-hmm. So that was very impressive. And I'm not talking about Dane because he's one of my guys. Sure. It's just facts are facts. And I, when you're watching lap times and you see things kind of happen, um, I feel like Dane stepped it up another notch this weekend. Um, and I'm, you know, obviously I'm really happy for him, but I think he's a kid that people need to definitely keep their eye on mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to be good for him. And, you know, I love that Zach Kazmarek's back racing, um, Decker, you know, is very fast and he's, he's always a standout in that pro-am and pro sport class. Uh, Aaron Salinas, not such a standout weekend, but just, you know, someone to touch on that I think is very deserving of any kind of PR that he can ever get. Just an unfortunate little events happened through the weekend that held him back and not his normal side. Um, Blair Miller, third, you know, um, Chambers. I don't even, I don't know the kid at all, but man, he's impressive late in the motos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Blair, Blair showed some really good speed too. Um, not as impressive late in the moto. <laughs> I could kick his ass for that, <laughs> but, um, he, he's going to, he's going to put his head down this weekend. Um, Mason Jackson, Joey Norris, that 250 class is still very, very impressive. Yeah. Or so, all the 250 classes. 
Yeah. So, I mean, to mop up some of that stuff, Dane Molander, when there's, uh, there's, there's, doesn't matter what class you're in, when you string together a perfect weekend like that with, you know, four moto wins or whatever, um, that's, that's obviously always impressive because that means you put yourself in good position. You get some good starts, you run fast laps, all those things. Um, good for him. I saw JJ Launderville who would have been in some of those classes this weekend. I don't know that I got to touch on this. I know, you know, we made a social post about it and everything. I don't think I've talked about it on the show though. Um, that, you know, he suffered an injury and has got some stuff going on with his elbow and his shoulder. His elbow is huge. Uh, uh, crazy to look no, at it's massive oh dude Insane. it is and yeah. so he's uh you know kind of waiting on some results on some tests there yet but uh prayers for jj thinking about him i love those guys um but yeah dane molander was strong edwards those guys that kid is is been impressive to me too um those guys seem like really cool people um, just like you said, they were talking to me a little bit on Sunday morning, um, before the, before the races there, Maddie Trower, uh, like you said, I don't know her really. Um, but she always seems so happy, which seems like a fresh breath of air. She's always so happy yeah. talking to her on the podium and we know how gnarly Sean Berger are. So to be, um, you know, the third girl on the podium with those guys is, um, is, is really impressive. And then, like you said, and I thought kind of the same thing. So we know how, how good Zach Decker is. I mean, he's the next big thing. He's going to kind of be the next guy that follows in the, in the shoes of the, the Bryce Fords, the Max Linquises that came in the years prior to him. He's going to be the next guy in that role. So for, and I don't know exactly what Zach Kazmarek's program is like or anything, but to go see him go out there and, and run with Zach, beat Zach in pro sport, obviously, you know, I mean, I'm biased, but the 25 plus class is fast. You know, I'm part of that group. And we had, um, we had Brett Musig out there this weekend. That's a, that's just about as fast a class as anything. When you got the guy that's, you know, winning pro sport in there, um, in the 25 plus class, that was good. I got third, uh, in the second moto in pro sport, which was fun. It was fun to race those guys that we get on here and talk about that was kind of fun in the first moto I got collected you know in a, in a first corner little situation where we had to come back from otherwise I think I would have been on the box which I really would have liked to have done with those guys but yeah that was really fun for me too to be out there kind of race with some guys that we talk about see how well Zach Kazmarek is riding and um, man it's been it's been since uh, 2017 that I raced any other class other than 25 plus. So to, I've never raced pro sport before, you know, it was, you know, that was the pro-am days when I raced that, um, when, I, when I would have raced any other class other than, you know, pro and now 25 plus. So, uh, that was really fun and something that I look forward to doing at some of the, the other races that we're at this year. Um, just fun to race with those kids. All those, all those classes are, are so damn fast right now. There's so many good riders out there and, uh, just so many, so many, you know, performances to touch on. It's like, you feel like you're doing somebody wrong. If you don't mention them, there's just so many good fast riders out there right now that everybody needs to, needs to kind of focus on. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's the hardest part is like, I, I try to watch, you know, even guys that aren't my guys and just see different things. So then we always have, you know, a moment to kind of spotlight some guys and, Sometimes it's tough because there's just a lot of them and, you know, there's so many things that happen throughout the weekend and try to remember it all, you know, Monday, Tuesday, or, you know, sometimes we do this podcast even later in the week. It's tough, but I mean, the, the talent field, I feel like is, is thick all the way through, um, like styles West. I mean, the kid is just rolling out. Um, Jaden Powell is another one that I've been, you know, I, 
I see it from a distance kind of, but you can always hear them on the podium on Sunday. You, you know, they do a really good job at their social media and, and keeping kind of everyone updated. So it's cool to see a lot of that stuff throughout the weekend. Um, you know, my little buddy, Landon Corn, like that kid just flat out flies and he hurt himself pretty bad on Saturday. And you know what he did? Saturday or Sunday morning, manned up and went out there and kept racing. And, you know, that stuff's just impressive to me. These kids are so young. And to have that kind of determination and heart and like passion and commitment to the sport to still, you know, I mean, they get drops. Like he could, he could have just sat out Sunday and like kind of healed himself up some. No, I, I rode by his camp um, Saturday morning or Sunday morning and he's geared up getting on his bike. And I'm like, you know, I went in the motor home and seen him the night before and gave him some crap because he's just one of those kids that likes to talk crap. So, mm, yeah. You know, made fun of him a little bit, picked on him some and, you know, but at the same time kind of patted his head and was like, dude, you're tough. And I got mad respect for those guys. Yeah. You love to see it. There's so many gnarly kids, gnarly guys, great talent out there, uh, out there right now. And that's just a great thing to see. So that was Sunset Ridge. Pleasure Valley's next. It's a home race uh, coming up now for Joel Hetrick. He's obviously going to look to mimic the one, one that Chad claimed on his home turf. Uh, we'll see if Chad Weenan has found something uh, with how impressive we saw him this weekend. Can Wesley Wolf get another one of these podiums? Bryce Ford, like you said, got a podium at Pleasure Valley last year. He's probably due for a, a big performance. Jeffrey Rastrelli has been strong. Um, what are you thinking heading into PA? You got any predictions for us? Any gut feelings? Anything like that? Because there's so many topics. There's so many, you know, uh, riders that are up, riders that are needing a performance, riders that um, are hot. It, it's like a, it's like a culmination of so many things. Uh, tell me what's on your mind heading into PA. Yeah, I think it's um, it, it kind of comes down to I think we're gonna see Joel and Chad, you know, beating a dead horse that we beat with those two. They're they're gonna battle. It's I don't. I don't see any one race this year and I haven't seen it yet that they weren't close. You know, Joel's been pretty dominant, but it's not like he's beating Chad by half a track or something like that in the races that he's beating him. And even like this weekend, it, you know, if Chad would have had a bad mistake, Joel would have been right there with him or even had a possibility of passing him, you know, late in the moto when they both kind of start doing their thing, they kind of start, to calm down and you know some weekends we see that gap close up late in the moto when those guys do that uh this weekend we've seen it open up a little bit but joel just kind of got into i think conservation mode um i think prediction wise like i'm not i i'm done with <laughs> i can't do that anymore <laughs> i had jinx myself every time um but i think we're gonna see very good racing and especially this battle that we keep talking about between, you know, you just mentioned everyone there, Wesley, Nick, Jeffrey, Max, Brandon, Logan, Bryce. I mean, and I just have a list in front of me, but I feel like at any time we can see guys like Michael Albrecht that finally made it through the first turn in the second moto this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he had been down a few times. Yeah, I know in the first moto, we kind of hurt his hand, but, you know, Caesar, we kind of grazed over Caesar a little bit there. But he got a good start in, I believe, the second moto and run yep. fifth, sixth area for yep. for a few laps. So, you know, they're getting there. Last year, one guy that was really impressive to me at Pleasure Valley was Vince Merriman, um, mainly in the big rollers. I don't know what he was doing, but, man, it was sick. And so 
I expected a little bit more out of him this weekend, having two really good roller sections. He's yep. another one of those guys that's really tall. Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't get the end result, but I think it's a growing for him every weekend, trying to get better and better and, and getting closer to that top 10. Um, you know, VTech, I, I just never know with him because I don't know what the tracks he grew up racing on. You know, he's been my fantasy pick multiple times because I feel like he just, when he gets through the first turn, he can just ride consistent laps the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael Perkins, he's been hurt. I mean, there's nothing you can really say there with him is, you know, he's been hurt pretty much all year, not getting to ride a whole lot in between races. So um, I think we're in for a battle, though, at Pleasure Valley. I think it's a racetrack that is really racy. Mm-hmm. It's really fast in some areas and pretty um, – you know, technical and compact in other areas. So it fits a lot of different guys in different ways. So I think it's going to be a good weekend for sure. Yep. I couldn't have put it any better myself. That's one thing that stands out to me about pleasure Valley, that it is a racy track. It it makes for really good racing. Um, And what's going to be most impressive for me, like I've said, you've touched on all those guys. I really thought uh, VTech, that's one thing I want to touch on there. I thought VTech was going to be uh, really strong at this race. He originally was going to be my pick for fantasy. I ended up going with Caesar just because I thought that that was a, maybe a safer pick after what I saw in qualifying. Um, I kind of thought that that VTech was going to be good in those conditions, but either way, um, I think that we're going to see some, some really good racing when we head to PA and it's going to be interesting, you know, kind of to tie things up. Obviously there's that battle at the front, there's battles throughout the class, those riders though, from, you know, top three, top five, those tier two riders, like we like to call them with ATV fantasy, which one of those guys is going to step up. Somebody's going to be more consistent than the rest down the stretch here. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what it is, uh, which one it is because there's a top three overall, you know, spot in the points up for grabs. And it's going to be really interesting to see who wants it most. Yeah. I love that. We don't know. I feel like in the last couple of years, you know, and and no offense, but we already kind of knew that Thomas was going to be the guy that was going to be third position yeah. and he was the, you know, one of the guys that was kind of knocking and trying to get in there and, and jumble things up between Chad and Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go back a couple of years before that and we didn't know if it was going to be Jeffrey or Thomas, but Jeffrey had just had, I think like two just kind of down years. And I feel like Jeffrey's back into that mix 110%. Like there's no doubt in my mind that every weekend that we go, Jeffrey can get up and run in the front and yes. and be good and he even said you know that he didn't feel 110 percent um when he got up saturday and so he was a little bit like nervous but you know by the end of the day and by all the dust was settled you know relatively he was pretty happy with his performance but again like i it just excites me to see these guys battling and how hard they're battling i mean they're they're not like taking each other out but i mean they're they're slamming each other they're the racing is very intense and one you know i have a little note written down here in that in that little category of those guys one mistake you lose two to three positions instantly because they're all so close and their speed is so good that you know it don't take much i mean we've seen max make a mistake you know dropped him back instantly you know guys are right by him we've seen jeffrey you know kind of bump tires with Bryce and Aonia lost two positions. It's just so 
it's incredible. And I'm so thankful that we get to see it. And then even having the tight, tight points battle that we have going on between Chad and Joel, you know, solidifies everything on how sick it is right now. Yeah. It's, it's must watch right now. Can you imagine if, if Alan Myers was in that group too? Oh, I, I hate it. I wish he was in there so bad because, you know, I, I love that kid and, and his whole family and, you know, he would be right there, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that would even help continue to push Logan to be right there. Agreed. And now we're talking, you know, we've been talking four or five guys constantly, but now we're talking seven guys. Now you're talking the whole rest of the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Like we could literally be third to 10th. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you like, how can you even be mad when it's that situation? And we see it in other, you know, motorsports sports, um, you know, like the 450 dirt bike class right now, if you're 10th, it's impressive. It is, you know, yeah. and right now with ATV moto, I mean, if you're 10th, it's impressive. It is, you know, and there's a lot of guys vying for those spots and, you know, they should take credit for when they do finish in the top 10 and, you know, not, not every race report needs to be about the numbers, mm-hmm. you know, it could be about what the experience was, or what you learned and it's going to keep you to thrive to continue to better your results you know we all care about what your result is but at the same time if you're progressing even though on paper it's not that's okay mm-hmm. we, we still like seeing that stuff absolutely it's just it's so gnarly right now the class is so gnarly it's so fun to watch and it's going to be it's going to be fun to see how this all plays out down the stretch but casey uh we'll call it a wrap on that note uh, we got to get out of here. Just looking forward to Pleasure Valley. It was a p- pivotal round in 2020, as pivotal as just about any round there was. Um, so looking forward to watching it all play out and then coming back to talk about it. But Casey, uh, thanks again for your time. As always, like I said, I didn't even want to automatically volunteer you for this thing, um, but you asked about it on the weekend. So that was your impromptu uh, volunteering to, to do it. So I'd love to have you uh, be a part of it. As always, you bring so much to the show and obviously your support for the podcast um you know we couldn't do it without you so thanks to you thanks to impact solutions and uh you know we'll see you soon we just love having you i appreciate it cody and as long as uh the fans or you know the people listening aren't over it like i'm always in to get on here and talk it up and you know we we even tossed around some ideas of some different ideas um of different things to do here yep. in the future so um i look forward to collaborating with you on that stuff and continuing to grow and giving the community of ATV racing and ATV enthusiasts, you know, I get other people messaging me that aren't even really into ATV that have kind of caught wind to some of this stuff and they enjoy it, you know, a lot. So, you know, I'm in, so we'll just keep pushing and, you know, thanks for everyone listening and uh, we'll see you guys at Pleasure Valley. Yeah, Casey, you're a, you're a fan favorite. And I mean that when I say it, I get that from a lot of people. I think that so many people feel that you bring so much, so much knowledge um, to the show, so much insight, so much experience, which is awesome. And then, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we've got some things planned that should be really exciting. Some different stuff. We were a little hamstrung by um, my brother, uh, the producer's schedule this week. It's his birthday coming up later in the week. So we needed to hammer this out early. Um, But I feel like we, 
broke it down as much as you could. I love how these things are coming together. We've been working to get better. And uh, like I said, we've got some exciting things coming up and we just uh, appreciate you being a part of it. It means a ton to me. And um, I feel really good about what we're doing with the, with all of this stuff that we're working on between these review shows, the, the past stuff, the fantasy stuff, all those things. I feel like we're doing good things for the sport and uh, you, you being a part of it is invaluable for me. So I just uh, can't thank you enough again. Look forward and look forward to all the cool stuff we got coming up. Yeah, I appreciate it. And happy birthday to Dallas. And, you know, thanks for everything you do. I know this isn't the only thing you got going on in your life. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a saint. This thing would have never even got off the ground without him. But uh, on that note, Casey, you're the man. Um, thanks again for everything. That's Casey Greek brought to you by Gripped Gloves. Use discount code DiggingDeep10 at gripgloves.com today. Thanks again, Casey. We'll see you soon. As the number one podcast in ATV racing, it's only right that we partner with the industry leaders in suspension tuning. Insert Impact Solutions. Impact Solutions is a full-service ATV and side-by-side suspension center specializing in the revalving and service of your motocross and off-road suspension. With over 25 years of elite-level knowledge, experience, and testing with riders of all ages and ability levels, Casey Greek, Jay Goble, and the Impact crew strive to exceed clients' expectations for service and setup. Impact Solutions is the official Elka Suspension Service Center of the United States, offering unmatched product knowledge and experience. Whether you're in need of service, parts, warranty, sales, or technical support, Impact Solutions has you covered. Head over to ImpactSolutionsATV.com or give them a call today. We interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. The following message is brought to you by Manscaped.com. The Manscaped engineering team has outdone themselves this time, creating the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, an official sponsor of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast, with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0 and I am blown away. This thing is next level. What sets this trimmer apart from all the rest? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It features a new multi-functioning on-off switch with travel lock for those of us who like to travel. And my favorite, the new trimmer allows you to customize your trim with four different guard lengths and upgrade from its predecessor that only featured two. If you're listening, you know that good tools are a must, so wait no more to get the best tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades, supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2021's impressive lineup includes Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli of the Phoenix Racing Team, myself, Cody Jansen, and my back-to-back national championships, Baldwin Motorsports, Ford Brothers Racing, Nick Janusa, Wesley Wolf, and many more, including all of the top 14 GNCC Series pros, led by the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, and Chris Borich. These top riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. 
available at www.dp-breaks.com. Purchase at your local dealer or message the show for their contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP Breaks. 15 years into the brand's existence, Factory 43 is back with us and continuing to make huge waves in the ATV world. For the second consecutive season, Factory 43 is the official aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing ATV team providing their state-of-the-art Evo Nerf bars, MX-style front bumpers, and grab bars for some of the fastest riders on the planet. If you're in the market to upgrade your Nerf bars, bumpers, or grab bars, head over to factory43atv.com to see their full line of products available for all makes and models. Want to be just like Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli riding with Factory 43's industry-leading products? Head over to factory43atv.com today. Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC has been supplying riders with aftermarket components from the industry's top brands for over a decade. With over 80,000 products in stock for your ATVs, UTVs, metric and HD motorcycles, dirt bikes, and snowmobiles, Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC can tend to all your power sports needs, from hard parts to riding gear. Bike Strikes and Quads also offers hard-to-find used parts for your vintage dirt bike, ATV, three-wheeler, or snowmobile. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for 10% off of orders of $100 or more. We're grateful to have Bike Strikes and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Thank you, BTQ LLC. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider-owned and operated brand with a rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Gripped's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the Family Affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leaving that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show.
And now our final guest of the night brought to you by our friends at Factory 43. Join Joel Hetrick and Jeffrey Rostrelli on Factory 43's line of Nerf bars, bumpers, and grab bars by visiting factory43atv.com today. Here to promote his new movie, Butter 2, that just dropped yesterday. Say hello to Mr. Derek Gitter. What's up, man? Stoked to have you join us. Uh, hell yeah. My, uh, my daughter just finished t-ball practice, so it's nice and early here. Just getting ready for it. But uh, man, movie launch yesterday. Everything's going well. Awesome. Well, we're so stoked to have you on. I watched it last night. I was stoked about it and we didn't want to miss this opportunity to um, talk about the movie, kind of uh, add, add some hype to it. So um, executive producer, founder, writer, promoter, professional fun haver. What else am I missing? I know you wear uh, a lot of hats. Uh, I guess a Hollywood stunt man. That's a, that's a pretty good one on there. Um, okay. It's pretty much whatever, whatever it takes to kind of get the job done. You know, like I've, I've been doing this for so long now. You kind of had to reinvent the wheel to keep yourself relevant for, well, it's been 17 years now. So obviously when I was backflipping, that was good. Broke myself up. And then we had a transition and making the first butter. And then, uh, you know, just this last year, you know, we had a, we have the ATV Big Air Tour. That's kind of like our main income going on. And uh, COVID happened and just wiped it all out. Like all that hard work that we put all that work into just, it was gone. So butter two was actually kind of like a, you know, a, 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 just a follow-up of what happened there. Like we really had nothing else left to lose. And, you know, it is, it kind of put us in a tight situation for a lot of things last year. It was really scary last 12 months we've had. Uh, but it's like, man, looking at it now, it's like all that, you know, when everyone else was just kind of chilling, you know, we were working our ass off and like getting this thing going and making sure it's good. And it was kind of like our, this is going to keep us alive for the next how many years. So we really, in my eyes, we didn't have a lot to or a lot less to lose, and we're just going to go for it. So, so far, so good. That's awesome. I mean, in the entertainment business, like you're in, I think that I mean that was impacted as much as anybody as far as COVID goes. I mean, uh, you couldn't entertain, so you had to find a way to entertain. So it's actually really interesting to uh, hear that you were willing to do whatever you could to make this thing work. Yeah, and I, 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 it's just it was crazy. We we were going into 2020 with our biggest tour schedule ever. And like, you know, that was, we had worked really, really hard for it. And, uh, you know, to be able to earn an income purely riding four wheelers is just, it's always been my goal. And that's what we've been doing for so long. And then, you know, when that all just kind of essentially got taken away from us, you know, just got kind of mad and then just like, well, you know, we ain't got nothing left to lose. So let's do butter too. And it's, I, I told my wife the other day, it kind of feels like when my brother landed the world's first backflip, you know, there was like a five-year patch there where everyone's going to ask like, Derek, when are you going to flip? When are you going to flip? When are you going to flip? Well, ever since we released Butter, it's like, I've always been saying we're going to do Butter too. And it's just, it's so much work and so much money and just so much everything into it. It's uh, it's, it's really a monkey on the back. So to get it done with and, you know, get the result that we had, um, like I said, we had, we did a lot with very little last year. So to come up with Butter too, the way it is, I'm extremely proud of it. And just everyone that's been a part of it, it's just been amazing. And you know, you can tell like the industry needs this, like the, the fans, the comments, everything that we've gotten, it's like people are fiending for this kind of thing. And, you know, like we talked about right before we started this, it's, it's trying to keep this thing full circle for new kids coming up that, you know, want to race, want to, want to ride like we did, just do anything, you know, have some kind of excitement with four wheels again and, and keep it alive. Exactly. So speaking about the movie, there's been a, a big lead up to this thing, a big lead up to the, the big reveal of the new movie, a lot of hype for butter Two. It's finally here. It dropped yesterday. Like I said, I tuned in last night. It was awesome. What has the, the early reaction been to this new ATV centric film, which when you, when you say it like that, you know, an all ATV film uh, like you've created and there wouldn't be one without you, not of, you know, recent stuff. That's pretty special. So what has the reaction been like? 
I mean, it's awesome. Like I said, for the, the guys in this movie, you know, John Langus, Nick Rogers, my two guys that are riding the tour with us, you know, this is huge for them. You know, this is kind of like their Huevos Grandes. When I, my first movie was Huevos 6 and I was breaking my ankle. And it's like, man, that was just like my, oh my gosh, I can't believe I made it on a movie. So for the guys in the, in the film, you know, it's pretty awesome because, you know, from doing this for so long, like I said, I was a stuntman. I know a lot of people in the industry and out of the industry. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of given us like ATV exposure outside of what a lot of people are capable of. Um, so, you know, we're right now we're, uh, we're number two on the iTunes documentary charts, which is amazing. Um, we're hoping to hit number one here later today. Okay. But it's just, like I said, it's just been a ton of work of just, you know, all the filmers, all the writers, all the people, all the fans, everybody wants this to work really well. And it, it's, you know, we're just trying to kickstart that, that spark again. And uh, so far, just the, the comments are, they're humbling, you know, like the, the beginning of the movie, it's kind of a serious intro. Uh, Luke Parmiter, my, my filmer, he wanted to go real serious with it. I'm like, you know, it's just, it kind of feels weird just kind of putting yourself out there. Um, you know, we, we kind of just tried to keep it so it's, you know, fun and, and, you know, entertaining and stuff like that. But there's a lot of heart into this movie and there's a lot of just like uh, the blood, sweat and tears the whole way, you know, like it's just been a stressful part and to see it all from start to finish and just seeing people's reaction to it. It's like, it's so fun now. Yep. So um, I sat there watching it last night and I said this to you already, but it felt so much like watching Wavos when I was a kid and you had kind of confirmed, you've confirmed for us that that was kind of the goal here. So I have to feel like you feel like you've knocked it out of the park. I mean, to, to have that Wavos feel, that's something that you already touched on had, was a motivation for you when you were younger. Uh, people like me too. I mean, how many times did you watch Wavos? You couldn't count them. Um, so to do that for the younger generation now is awesome. I don't know how much you want to, um, you know, say about the film, but, you know, tell us who's in it, tell my listeners what to expect. So who's in it, where do you film all those types of details, because there's a lot of diversity really in those 60 minutes, all ATV centric stuff. So, um, what can you say about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, just going off of that H bomb films thing, you know, I've, I still talk to Wes Miller, you know, quite frequently, actually we were, you know, I got permission to use John's first ever backflip in the intro. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, just with, just what he's doing now racing for the bomb squad and the stuff out there. Like we're, we're, you know, we stay in contact pretty good, but that's, that was a huge part of it. You know, I, I was greatly influenced by Huevos Grandes and Wes and Dana Creech and all those guys. So, you know, when we brought that in, you know, now we have Chad Weenan and, and Joel Hetrick. They were the first butter, you know, those two guys are, they're my idols, man. It's so awesome that I got to film Chad. He was the very first guy that we filmed for butter one. And when we told people we were calling the movie butter, nobody thought it was serious. Like we thought we we're all joking. And uh, he stepped right up, Doug Gus stepped right up, and it's like, hell yeah. So that's what kickstarted, and him and Joel are just, uh, man, they're class acts. It was fun when we filmed with them in Florida at that epic track. Um, we filmed some GNCC guys with G, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Relier and, and a bunch of those pro guys, which was awesome. And um, man, we really just tried to get a well-rounded ATV film because on our tour, you know, we're sometimes riding for ATV fans, sometimes not. So we just wanted to give kids, like, what's the whole spectrum of where you can ride your four-wheeler? Well, we're riding shows on... Uh, run city streets which is a cool place we're riding in the sand dunes we're riding on ice indoor arena you know we've ridden there a bunch and it's just like finally got that thing in the film and yep. it's just epic like nobody really gets to we kind of take it for granted because that the cedar lake arena is epic it's you know when you can ride in indoors like that you feel like you're riding an a1 supercross you know mm-hmm. so it's just really cool we filmed there we got my two stroke i got my 250r in there that was always a goal for the last film and uh, you know just we just tried to layer it just to have one thing after another that people are going to enjoy, just show some diversity and try and, you know, I, we kind of want to just keep doing this for like many years to come now because it was fun making butter too. And we, 
now that it's fresh in my mind and I, I got through the music rice licensing and all that stuff, it's yep. like, I kind of want to do it again now, you know? Oh, I believe it for sure. I'm sure as you're putting it together, as you're piecing it together, then you get ideas of stuff maybe you want to do next time. So I'm sure the the motivation is always there. We just got done talking to Chad Weenan and he was glowing talking about it, talking about the time he spent with Joel and just how cool that dynamic was and uh, stuff like that. So there were so many cool segments. And like you said, so much diversity. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners would, will enjoy the Joel Hetrick, Chad Weenan parts, but there was so much more than that. I mean, I loved seeing um, stretch uh, Parker will work out riding your 252 stroke on, on the Cedar Lake arena there. I thought it was pretty cool to like bridge the, you know, the old machine with the new style riding to see that was really cool. Uh, do you have a favorite segment? Could you pinpoint anything like that? Like you said, you've seen it so many times. It might be hard. Um, like you said, nothing's new at this point, but do you have something that stands out or anything behind the scenes that made any scenes extra special? You know, I, I think probably one of the, the, the most special one would be Casey Bray's in California. Cause when we filmed that, we filmed that in February of 2020 and that's right when COVID was just coming. Okay. And uh, there was, I think it was like a week after we filmed that was the very first case in San Jose airport, which was the airport we flew through. Okay. And then like literally like two miles down the road where these COVID concentration camps, they were saying. So it was just like, that whole trip was just like, what the hell is happening with the world? And <laughs> you know, when me and Luke filmed it, obviously there's only one jump in that whole thing. And he I built it that. all by shovels and just, yeah. Casey, he came out to Minnesota like three years ago. And he, he rode the tour with us. He was just helping, but we just had terrible rain. It was, it was an awful summer for him to come. So we, it, that part kind of sucks, but like, so we knew him pretty well. And we're like, man, it's, it's just a perfect opportunity. And at that point we still weren't fully committed to making butter. Like we were just going to start filming segments after segments. And then when we get there, you know, just kind of see how we were. But, you know, after that scene is when it's like, okay, what are we going to do with ourselves? And things really got serious. And that's when we just hammer down and finish this thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, Casey's like, it's just insane how much dirt he moved with a shovel and how much like you're like what the hell's wrong with this kid but it's so awesome because he loves riding his four-wheeler he really he's like the only person that can do that whip and bring it back it's it's just it was epic everything about it on a bone stock yamaha yfz 450r sending this 165 foot gap and me and luke are just like this is nuts man like it you really just had to take it all in when you were there and it's that that one is probably my favorite one there's so much style the way that he does that you'd swear he was on a dirt bike right like if you could just yeah. see a silhouette of his body or something you'd swear he was on a motorcycle it's amazing so you kind of touched on it there um one of the things i did want to know was what does the time frame look like like how long does it take to put a production together like this i was sitting there thinking that as i was watching it last night trying to figure out you know when all this stuff was filmed and i did think about covid and all these things so how much of a, a, a time frame did the filming take or how a uh, span of time, how long did, did all of that take to put this together? Yeah. So the very first scene we filmed was that the very opening scene that was in Anoka, Minnesota, and that was July of 2019. Okay. And we filmed with the, the Ford brothers and Thomas Brown in November of 2019. And then we filmed Casey's like three months after that. And then we had about a four month pause where, like I said, when the world just kind of got turned upside down, we we're just kind of in a limbo of just what we're going to do. And the challenging part is just, you know, with me and Luke, Luke's got a couple kids now. Um, you know, I got another one on the way here in three weeks. So it's working with everyone's schedules when you can get riders there, your filmers there. Um, you know, and obviously it just, it costs a lot of money moving people that far across the country, bringing cameras and just everything along with it. So, you know, we kind of, you know, had we been like a normal production where you have a sweet budget and you just use it till it's gone, 
you could probably knock this thing out a lot quicker than we did. But, you know, we were kind of having to progressively just make it happen. And, man, kudos to my wife because it's like there was times there where every dollar we were making was going into the film. And it's like, you know, we didn't really have any other option. So mm-hmm. to, my wife is just, she's a diehard. Like, I, I, I told her, I'm like, the goal is to make you a million dollars for what you've put up with for, you know, may, me making this thing happen. Because it's, it's just been a chip on my shoulder. And I was like, just want to get it done. So just, uh, yeah, it's. It takes a while. It's a, it's a long process, but you know, you can see it now. Like this is my, my fifth movie now. And it's just like, we're getting better and better and better. And you know, this time when we came out, we had a really awesome launch plan and uh, you know, everybody's just like, it's everywhere. You look on social media right now, it's every page. It's, Mm -hmm. it's awesome to see like an idea that was in your head turned to a physical product and people being stoked on it. So. Absolutely. It was so cool too, because some of the shots in there and the quality of the shots and everything like that. Um, just to, and again, I kind of said this already, but to think that it was an ATV film and all of it looks so cool. The production was so good. The editing was so good. Um, I mean, this is a dream come true for ATV enthusiasts. Yeah. I mean, the camera quality that stuff now is nuts. Like the, the drone guy, we hired some amazing drone guys. Um, Luke's cameras, just like, like I said, there's the, when Luke started doing Supercross and he started editing, uh, I think it's called Chasing the Dream or one of those that were on CBS. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he got really good with his sound editing because for TV, you have to have a left audio and a right audio and then just sound effects on there. So you can really tell on Butter 2, there is a lot of audio. We really focused on just getting that rawness, try to stay away from too much slow motion. We want it to feel real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just nailed it. Like that's, we had, we had sound guys running around in that 250R scene just with a boom pole, making sure we don't blow that thing, you know, cause that, that two stroke echoing from inside, it just sounded epic. And that was a huge goal. I think we nailed that one. And yeah, it's just, a, it's just, like I said, seeing it all come together. It's just been, it's such a gratifying process and just so pumped that people like it. Yeah. So awesome. So awesome to hear uh, you talk about it here on digging deep aside from the film. Um, you guys do shows, the ATV big air tour, like you talked about, uh, tell our listeners about that. Where does that all take you? Cause that's a, looks like a pretty big production. Like you said, we see it in the, the first segment of the film there. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was a big part of this film. I wanted people to see this ATV big air tour show that we've been doing. Uh, we started in basically like 2016 after I did that Mike and Dave need wedding dates, uh, stunt movie thing. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we've done, I think we've done like 88 events in 13 different States now. And, uh, you know, last year, like I said, we had 24 events booked by February 1st, and we still had another 80 that were, you know, just potentially interested to fill in the, the rest of the weekend. So it's really taken off. Um, we got some great riders, Colton Moore, you know, he's an OG with us. We got him flying a Polaris Razor. Uh, we destroyed a Polaris Razor here, the first show of the year in, in, uh, in Pennsylvania. But, uh, you know, it's a live show. It's like we have this big safe airbag and everything now. We've, we've invested in just keeping the guys as safe as we can. But it's a live bull. Like things can still happen. We can still destroy razors that cost way too much money to fix and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's it's a fun show. We got a, a whole group of new HV riders coming in. You know, I'm still the old guy. I'm hoping to just start calling the show and be the management side of it for, you know, like I said, with another baby coming on the way, I kind of want to slow mm-hmm. down. But uh, I wear a microphone in my helmet during one of the scenes and just kind of talk and just kind of BS the whole time. Like I'm really good at just like, you know, just I can talk about whatever you want to do in riding. It's, it's, it's pretty easy for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't trying to backflip no more. That, that ship has sailed. I am sick of landing on my head and breaking <laughs> stuff. So um, yeah, it's just, it's a fun show. We got a motorcycle that backflips. we got the four wheelers. We got the BMX. We got Colton Moore. And then when you put in our MC, our sound system, the insurance, like we kind of make this whole package for 
fairs, venues, doesn't matter what kind of event you are. We have kind of this, this entertainment ATV package that, you know, we'll come bring to you and do this whole thing. And, you know, now that we got the film done, you know, we kind of wanted this, this film to be the advertising for the tour. You know, if people, a lot of people see butter, like they saw the first one, well, now they're going to know about the ATV big air tour and in hopes that we were just, you know, fill the stands that way with, uh, with butter. Exactly. And it was so cool because the film caught your interaction with a young, with a young fan that was there. And uh, you were kind of selling him on the night show, right? Like, this is what you're all going to see tonight. You know, you're going to see backflips and big whips and, you know, guys flying every different direction. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cause it was, it was a good little uh, glimpse at the authenticity of what you're doing. And then the authenticity in the enjoyment that some of these uh, you know, these enthusiasts, young people, old people, whatever are getting out of what everything you're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely, this is for the kids. This is for the family. Like we're, that's like the, the most important thing. Like, you know, we, we really make an effort, especially with those little ones. Cause I, you know, I go back to when I was the very first race I saw was a uh, Minneapolis supercross. And I saw Jeremy McGrath do a uh, knack knack over the triple. Mm-hmm. And I was like probably six, seven years old. Like it changed my life. So it's like, we kind of use experiences like that, like something so small of talking to a kid, like just signing an autograph, you know, that when that kid grows up, that's going to change his life because that's what it absolutely did that for me when I got to start meeting my heroes and things like that. So yeah, it's a big part of what we're trying to do. And like I said, it's just, we want to be a good influence on kids and you know, this is just a, it's been a fun thing from start to finish. Yeah, you're exactly right. You never know the magnitude of what a moment can be to somebody. I remember Doug Gust coming to, and you're a Midwest guy. So um, I remember Doug Gust coming to a local race when I was a kid and you would have thought God was there, you know? So yeah. it's, it's amazing. I had a little no fear hat that he signed and it's still in my closet to this day. And Doug's a friend now, but it's yeah. like back then it was just, it was the biggest thing to me. So, um, so you've been in the game for a while now. Uh, what continues to motivate you? Obviously we've heard about the movie and all these things and the motivation of young kids. Um, but I have to believe a lot of it has to do with you're living your dream. You're living the dream that so many of us, um, uh, so many of us have. So what motivates you to this day? Man, it's, it's been a crazy ride. You know, when John did the first ever flip, like it, it I remember I was in high school and I'm like, what the hell? Why? Like John, he couldn't even hardly backflip on a trampoline. Like we were just some normal kids from Minnesota. Like we grew up on a farm, like, like I said, we started watching huevos and we're like, okay, we can do that. I had two older brothers that, that were into this stuff. And, um, you know, kind of, I think having two older brothers really helped like the three of us, the three amigos is what got it off the ground. Like when John was flipping, you know, I was kind of doing the business side. Dan was doing the the promoting, like doing the photos, videos and the editing and stuff like that. So we kind of worked as a team. And now I think, you know, I, I've just gotten to live this crazy life, like done this crazy experiences. I'm from a tiny little town and I've, I myself have been to like 14 different countries and just ridden in like Sydney Olympic stadium, like sold out like night after night. And it's like, how the hell did I get into these places? Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, once you get a taste of that, it's kind of hard to get away from. And I think having the three of us, we kind of had a a, a good level head on our shoulders where, you know, a lot of guys, when you get put in that position where, you know, you're going to travel like that, it just kind of gets away from you. You know, like some guys just, they, they lose it. Like if they're partying or doing all that stuff, but me and John, we were always pretty level. Like we, we kind of just kept our mouth shut, stayed our place, did our thing. And then, you know, just kind of keep leading to bigger and bigger, better things. And uh, like I said, for now, it's just like, I, I enjoy it. Like everything four wheelers have given me this crazy life. And uh, now that I got a taste of it, it's like, I, I'm not ready to step away from it yet. Cause I still see there's a future in it. And it's like, it's no different than when you watch like orange County choppers or those, those kind of shows, like people still love it, but not necessarily love those kind of bikes. 
it's good content. You know, since we're making films and doing all this stuff, you know, it's fun to watch. And uh, especially if you're into four wheelers, like it's, you know, we kind of want to feed those people with that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, now I'm at that point where my daughter is going to, she wants a four wheeler. She wants to start riding. I will teach her everything she needs to know. I hope she doesn't want to go down the same road I did because it's like, I've broken so many bones and like, you know, definitely put, put some dues in there because, you know, me and John were essentially the first people to actually do this full time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go in some of these stadiums and you're looking at a ramp and it's completely vertical and the other side is concrete and steel and that's what you have to land on. It's like, there's no room for error. So it's a, uh, you know, a combination of getting lucky and a combination of just like, you know, you do it once you can do it a hundred times and just believe it in yourself. So yeah. And that's one of the things that I took away from the watching this film and your first film for you to be the combination of somebody that's been so successful on the machine and then have the vision, um, have, you know, the business savvy and then create this empire. It's like you were the perfect package for, um, ATV, you know, the ATV community to bring us stuff like you are, whether it's the show and the films and everything in between that you've done over the years, you're such a great asset to, you know, the ATV community. Um, you know, it's so special. So what you've done with the film, um, I don't know how you couldn't, if you haven't seen it yet, I don't know how you couldn't come away from this conversation and not be, not be stoked about it. Yeah. I mean, thank you. It's, yeah, it's funny you say that. Cause like even during the tour, you know, I, I'm, I'm the one I'm writing almost every single show I'm calling the show. Like I'm mm-hmm. setting right. Like I'm doing everything there is to do. Right. And I think that's really given me a good kind of perspective. Cause like I've been the promoter, I've been the writer, I've been the fan. I've been all of these things. So like, I've done every single job there is. And, you know, I, I'm willing to work my ass off to make sure it happens, you know? So it's, I think that's really a big part of it too. And, you know, like you said, I want to be that person for the ATV industry. I want this to flourish. You know, I want to represent everyone because like I said, ATV, the the racing, the nationals, everybody that's a part of this stuff, it's something special. And uh, just want to keep that going, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously we can all relate to what you're saying because we all love this just like you do. That's why we're here talking about it. So, um, so stoked to talk to you, man. We wanted to get you on quick to pump up the movie. Uh, like I said, I loved it. I think our listeners will too. I got it on iTunes. Where can our listeners find the film? Yeah. So you can get it on iTunes, uh, Amazon, Vudu, Vimeo, DVD, Blu-ray, um, Amazon prime. You can pretty much get it on all the major ones. Um, you can go into motobutter.com. It'll tell you where everything you can get it. And, uh, Perfect. Yeah. I mean, thanks for having me on here. Like I said, this has been uh, just a dream come true that I've been be able to continue doing all this stuff. And uh, it's, it's really humbling just seeing how much people love it. And uh, we really put our heart and our, and our soul into this one. So it just, uh, just super pumped right now. Yeah, man. Well, um, just like we do, it's all for the love of the sport. That's what you're doing too. So we can't thank you enough for that. So just keep killing it and uh, we'll keep supporting your efforts. Okay, pal. Well, hell yeah. Well, we're, pumped to get out to some nationals and get get this thing going like i said if this takes off butter three's coming and uh you know the wife already gave me the green light so if it, <laughs> if this goes well i hope to see you guys out at the races and we want to get to a gncc and go to like iron man because like that's i want to capture that that environment mm-hmm. and just like i said just keep showing things that people don't always get to see and bring that to the the life outside of atv world and you know just keeping it growing that way I uh, can't freaking wait for that. Well, good luck with the show this weekend. We're wishing you uh, continued success with the, with the film. Let's plan on getting you back on digging deep, uh, you know, for a, a deep dive into your ATV history, buddy. We got to make that happen. Yeah, let's do it, man. Well, thanks for having me on and uh, hope you guys check out the film. You're the man. That's Derek Gitter, the man behind Butter 2, presented by Factory 43, factory43atv.com. Thanks again, pal. Congrats on all the success and wishing you all the more success going forward. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, pal.
Man, we've been working hard trying to make these episodes better and better, and I'm really proud of the content that made up this episode tonight. Major thanks to tonight's guests, Chad Weenan, Derek Gitter, and Casey Greek. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother, wishing him a happy birthday as well. Thanks, Dallas, for all that you've done, all that you continue to do to make Digging Deep what it is today. Thanks to Brooke and AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew. Valvoline, SSI decals, DID Racing Chain, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV components, Impact Solutions, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Grip Gloves, Factory 43, Bike Strikes and Quads LLC, and Manscaped to get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGD20 at manscaped.com. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find it all on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner for all your gear and parts needs and to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts and hoodies, our Quad Guys Get Hot Chicks shirts and hoodies, back-to-back National Champ merch, and more are all available at shop.diggingdeepatvmx.com. If you're looking for another easy way to help support us, visit our website and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help our efforts. You can call our voicemail line anytime, 920-569-3519, and follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content, Digging Deep ATVMX Fantasy Info, and more as racing continues to heat up. A reminder that lineups do not roll over, so head over to ATVFantasy.com right now to select your team and lock it in up to one hour before Moto1 at Pleasure Valley, so that's 12.30 local time. Thanks so much to everybody playing the game with us. This has been so much fun. As for the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. All episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our new show merchandise, fantasy info, and more can all be found on our website, diggingdeepatvmx.com, so check that out today. Be a friend, tell a friend. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And with that, for Chad Weenan, Derek Gitter, Casey Greek, Brooke Catherine, Dallas Jansen, and I'm your host, Cody Jansen, thanks for listening to the number one podcast in ATV racing, 2 million downloads and counting. Until next time, thanks for joining us in Digging Deep with the Stars of ATV Motocross. Things are crashing and burning here at the Digging Deep Podcast, much like the Titanic. Those guys were hauling ass, for real. I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. Quad leaders are freaking gnarly.